This is the Criteria Increase Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Vaylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time at order of release. This week, we're homeless rapists and quote-unquote lovable as we watch Spine 305 in the Criterion Collection. John Renoir's Beau Saved from Drowning from 1932. Yeah. It's like it's getting a taste of paradise, Sarge. But then then, then then being snatched away from you and you get dragged back into hell. I mean, yes, that those week breaks are something to treasure and to (laughs) cherish. And I imagine one of the reasons you didn't want to do it is because you didn't want to get the taste of freedom because maybe one week it tastes a little too good. Mm hmm. When you, find, when you do find out the grass is greener on the other side, you're like, it is. They've been lying this whole time. And then and then they just burn the grass in front of you. And they, <laughs> and you go, and they oh, say, there is no other side. There's just one side. Dark side. And and then we're in Apocalypse. What, what are you? Z- Zack Snyder's Criterion Creeps. Coming well, at one you. day, potentially. Coming at you. Who do you think you would be in Darkseid's regiment? Would you be like Granny Goodness? Mm. Probably. <laughs> no. Gotta save that for like a heavy a heavy hitter. I'm a nobody. I'm, I'm just a parademon. I mean, you just you just ooze Granny. <laughs> Decide. <Ooze. laughs> yeah. Decide. Yeah. Is it because he's de-sad? He's like sad, sad he's, boy? He's de-sad. De-sad? Yeah. I could be I could be um Big Barda. Well, that's new gods, man. Yeah, I know, but she she had um some affiliation with those boys, did she not? Uh, eventually, I don't know. Down the line, gotta go back and read those Jack Kirby comics. I'm not going to. Don't. <laughs> I don't plan to. Yeah. You you want to be with the news the Jimmy Olsen and the Newsboys? No. Mm. No. I'd rather not. Okay. I'd rather not. Uh, so, how's your two weeks been? Uh, it's been delightful. Yeah? It went by, like, in a blink. I, mean, I wish I could have it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And maybe you just like it, be like this every week. I mean, that would be amazing. Free, not this, but the other week. Yeah. That, was de- that was decent. Yeah. But, I mean, I uh, it was nice, but it was busier than ever because I knew I didn't have the podcast, so I, I used time to, you know... Do stuff around the house, do some yard work, do some homework. You know what I mean? Do all sorts of work work, Jarrett. Had to go to this and event. Work Had to work? go to that event. Yeah, work work and no. work work work. No. This event, that event, all sorts of events, man. Super spreader events. Ooh. Negative spreader events where Neg- I was the only person. Oh. Do you see? Some zero-sum game right there. It balances yes. out, right? That's how that works. Yeah. 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 I uh I attended the Rib Fest, the drive through. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Well well I mean I don't know if you like I think when we first started this podcast, uh there was mention of the Rib Fest and the sauce boss and uh that guy who was just trying all the sauces on his spoon. Right. Which was not in a post COVID world. No way. No chance. No chance. Uh yeah, I it was fine. 
was fine. That's that's all I would say. It's, it was fine. Wow. Was it worth the two-year wait? No. No. But I, w- I wouldn't have. I didn't even know it was, It didn't happen last year, so I, I didn't realize there was a way to Yeah, well, there's some, like, there was some real uh, weird internet bickering and, like, turf war going on between vying uh, rib fests. I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm like Jay Leno. Like in our local community? Yes, in our local community. Somebody came up with rib fests. So, someone uh, came up with a rib fest, and then somebody else strolled up, and like, they're like, I'm going to do a rib fest like, two months later. I'm going to call it, like, similarly, a rib fest. And then it was like, you stole my idea. It's like, oh, yeah, the, the rib fest idea. <laughs> so original. And they the, uh, and they wouldn't work together. Is. And they wouldn't work together. And uh, they were having it out online. Mm-hmm. And there was like subterfuge and like people saying that they were canceling things, but it wasn't the right person claiming it to be. Uh, underhand, right. underhanded, dirty tricks, gerrymandering, food calendar, Judy, uh, gerrymandering. Wow. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this, but I did see a local food truck parked across in a parking lot across and they, they advertised as rib feast. <laughs> Maybe that's the same thing. So it must've been. Yeah. yeah all... I could give the name of the local, local business, but maybe no. uh, if you, if you're, in, if you're interested, let me know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I much, yes. I much prefer hearing about uh, the, the further darkening vision of other restaurateurs in our fair city. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah. Y- you would know them. You would know them. Yeah. So what else have you been doing other than eating ribs? Uh, not watching movies. Oh, that's that's good. I don't, I don't think I watched any movies since our last creep, and that that was amazing. Yeah, you went extremely hard on no movies, and I mean, we'll get to it later. I mean, I'm assuming at this point you've uh, wrapped up a certain voyage. Mon gone. I've and, already and, uh, and, started my next adventure. So you made it home. Or that's a spoiler. Well, I can't see. Yeah, we'll find out. We're gonna yeah. find out uh, yeah. later. Uh, yeah, no, I <laughs> I took the opportunity not to watch any movies. I did take a nice big chunk out of season four, of Babylon five. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised you're not done by now. Actually. I know. I why well, I, I just like I haven't been painting as much lately. And then uh, the other night I did like sit down and uh, actually was doing a commission, and uh, I knocked that bad boy out and got to watch a whole bunch of Babylon 5. It picked up. It's weird. It kind of like feels like it could be the end of the series, but it's like a fake ending because mm. you'd know that there's also still like a year and a half of a show to go. So uh, you're like, hmm, what else is going to transpire? Maybe they'll do a time jump. They kind of teased one, but it hasn't really happened. It's a little too ambitious, I think, for a mid 90s sci-fi oh i mean that's maybe maybe who's, who's to say no. i did who's to I, say, Jared? I i did see that kong v godzilla is yes. on crave and i kind of ran out of time to actually watch it by the time i found out that it was on but yeah. we should perhaps coordinate it so that we both watch it the same week so we can actually talk no. about a movie other than no John Renoir films? No, <laughs> that'd be that'd be fun. Uh, well, probably not next week, right? Well, why, why or not? Or is next well, week the good week to well, do it, we can... and then the week after, probably not. And eh, whatever. Yeah, it's better. It's the sooner the better. 
Yeah, well, if you watch it, you tell me, and I'll make sure to watch it. Okay. And if I watch it, I'll tell you, and you make sure to watch it. Yes, exactly. And if I tell you next Wednesday at about 4 p.m., you'll be okay to still get it in in time, right? Absolutely. That's how, that, that's how time works. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Outstanding. So do you think... Um, Creed... I, didn't, I, I didn't hear any of that. Oh. Oh. That's that's great. Um, do, you, do you think the Creeps Villains missed us? Doubtful. Well, Every time we've taken a break, we've had a, a complete drop in uh, email, so well, I'd be surprised if we had any. We got eight. <laughs> it's not ten. That's not ten, assholes. It's not ten. <laughs> so close. Better luck next time. <laughs> That's right. I mean, they have to take our word for it, I guess. But actually, one of these was from uh, during Aaron Lang week, but I knew that episode was going to go long, so I thought I would save it. So it's only really seven. Really, it's only seven. But Damn. one's actually an extremely like four-parted email because this person cannot hold back. Is it you? Well, I can't hold back either, but this is a... I'm, it's, not, it's not me. It's not me. Oh, okay. You, you want to hear from Lawrence Chrysak? No. I don't even know who that is. I don't know if they're a uh, top fan on our Facebook or not. I, I couldn't. Who's to say? Well, Larry K writes <laughs> the darkest timeline. Uh oh. Uh, it opens up with some some quotation. Hey uh-huh. R J, what you been creeping on this week? Jared asks enthusiastically. Uh, chuckles. Um, a lot. R J proudly replies. The simple innocuous exchange is from the naked lunch episode from March 2020. But it is worlds away from where we find ourselves today. I guess I forgot that you guys used to talk about movies with reverence and exuberance. Not that I have a problem with the disregard and revulsion you guys cling to these days. Things are just different, and I didn't really realize until I started diving into the back catalog. I missed pretty much every single episode between March 2020 and February 2021. But now I'm looking forward to experiencing your darkening metamorphosis episode by episode. I feel like uh-huh. you guys have become the battle-weary alternate Riker from the TNG episode Parallels. If you found yourself mm-hmm. at a dimensional crossroads with all the other RJs and Jarrett's of the multiverse, it'd be you two trying to murder them to keep from ever having to watch another Saijin Suzuki doubleheader. Yes, I co-signed. <laughs> you can't send us back! <laughs> you can't send us back? We gotta you don't blow, know how bad it we is. We've got to blow Warp's shuttle. You, you you just don't know how bad it is who, back there. Who, who is who is the wharf of uh, Creepsville? The wharf? Yeah, who, probably who? Larry K. Yeah, we have to save Larry Larry Wave. I mean, yeah, I think uh, like Lawrence Wave would be a a pretty big thing. I think I'd say probably him. Okay. Um, of on that on that note, I'm curious. One, at what point do you feel you were broken in the last seventeen months? Ooh, I'd have to go back and look at our episodes here. Let me let me scroll down 17 months, and I, I, maybe I'll be able to pinpoint the exact day. Yeah. yeah, for yourself. Yeah, I mean, if you have an answer, you can. Go I, I, I I don't. <laughs> okay, I'm uh I'm currently at um one year ago. One year ago. Oh, it's not uh. It just says one year. It doesn't say how many months. Shit. Hold on. Let me count. Ten. Uh, ten. Okay, let's go back. We're almost a full year back, Jared. Okay, what? Probably, 
Okay, so I'm I'm at uh, I'm at Hiroshima Monomore, uh, <laughs> Il Posto. Oh, um, that was okay. Those were okay movies. Shitsopolis, maybe that was a little bit before those two. Uh, Richard the no, Richard the Third was okay. Uh, let's see, let's see, Jared. What about Jubilee episode one sixty six? That's that's quite a ways back, potentially. And it's in between Throne of Blood and Coup de Gras, which were both good movies. So Jubilee was one that uh, was a real blow to us. Uh, before that, we had the Antoine Danels, the Buy Brackages, uh, Straw Dogs. I am curious. Those ones are oh, you know what it, a little fuck, tough. I th- there was that start of the run. I mean, so there was the Leopard, Mama Roma, um, mm-hmm. but Smiles of a Summer Evening. Ugh. Because yeah, it was like no. Smalls of a Summer Evening, A Woman is a Woman, and that was then followed by The Lower Depths. Well, yeah, you were a big anti-Lower Depths guy. Yeah. That started a whole string of things for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the business picked up with Videodrome. Yes, it did. Okay, so I just found Naked Lunch. So if he's there and we were still enthusiastic, it had to have come after. Uh, Matrice was, well... You know, well, I, th- uh, I know that that was like no, it was like March of 2020, so yeah, uh, mm, that, three that, women. that was that was before the COVID ending. Yes, that's true. Uh, we got the you know, it's, oh, there's tin drum. Um, damn, I don't know, man. Hard to say. Let's just say that it's been long dead for for a long time. <laughs> a husk. I. I, I, I like how people are always like, man, you guys sound sad now. And it's like, well, you would be too if you put five years down. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, number I two. Before, but... Oh, what, yeah. What's that? No, I was just going to Lawrence the think... next one, but you were saying. Oh. Oh, I think we're a little out of sync, but uh, I was going to say my favorite review of this podcast ever was uh, two guys who don't like movies don't talk about Criterion. <laughs> it's the best. It's, it's, it's very accurate. It is. I mean, pay, yeah. pay attention to the what's advertised yes i agree i agree so uh, anyways continue okay um number two do you feel you would still have the same contempt for film at this point even if the pandemic hadn't occurred yes maybe more so maybe more so uh yeah no i think that uh i think i think the podcast (laughs) will will do it to you Mm mm-hmm and I mean, uh, not to give play my hand here, but I, I feel like this this some this week is it's some real John Criterion action. This week, yeah, yeah this is some John Criterion action. I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't make, play make no cards either. Make, make mine Gary collection. That's all I'm gonna say. I'd like to. I'd be interested to see what they would have uh, put here instead. Mm-hmm. Instead I, of Badu. And uh, Lawrence signs off with your secret biggest fan, Lawrence. <laughs> Oh wow! Secret admirer potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks, Lawrence. So I hope it was yes. worth the wait. Uh, doubtful. I just feel like it would have been buried in all those emails we got at the time. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, those are hard questions, especially coming back after a week off of like feeling feeling really like relieved, <laughs> feeling somewhat like happy. <laughs> about where we were for once. Oliver Granger with oh, a like four part email <laughs> called, entitled Yeah, he had something to say. Entitled Plain Hot Dog. 
Oh, my God. Okay. By plain hot dog, I meant just tomato sauce and mustard. Who the fuck says tomato sauce? What's wrong? He, uh, What's wrong with you people? You. What's wrong with you people? Nobody says tomato sauce. No. Nobody. Onions, too, if you like them. Love them. Compared to an overdressed monstrosity like a Chicago dog. Yeah, I mean, Chicago dogs got a lot going on. Yeah. Plain hot dog. Ketchup. It's called ketchup. Tomato sauce. Catsup? (laughs) Catsup. Tomato sauce. Yeah, I've never heard that one before. That's new to me. No. Tomato sauce. Interesting. Sometimes I like adding jerkins or sauerkraut. Not widely available here. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, if I have like a Polish sausage, I'll I'll throw some kraut on that. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Good dog. I don't put cheese in my hot dogs. I do enjoy a spicy sausage. Ooh. <laughs> uh, P.S. Reading about your country's beautiful history. Uh, this is a link to goodreads.com. Um, and this book is called Paying the Land. It's a comic by Joe Sacco. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Diné have lived in the vast Mackenzie River Valley since time immemorial by their account to the name the land owns them and it is central to their livelihood and very way of being but the subarctic canadian northwest territories are home to valuable resources including oil gas and diamonds with mining came jobs and investment but also road building pipelines and toxic waste which scarred the landscape and alcohol drugs and debt which deformed a way of life In Paying the Land, uh, Joe Sacco travels the frozen north to reveal a people in conflict over the costs and benefits of development. Sacco recounts the shattering impact of a residential school system that aimed to, quote, unquote, uh, remove the Indian from the child. The destructive process that drove the Diné from the bush into settlements and turned them into wage laborers. The government land claims stacked against the Diné nation and their uphill efforts to revive a wounded culture. Canada. Canada. Not just your dad's Canada. Your granddad's Canada. Yeah. And that's from uh, NHL Hall of Famer Joe Sackick. Is that who you said was? Joe Sacco. Uh, uh, Joe Sackick? He's, yeah. a, he's a cartoonist. Oh, okay. He was so just... not the NHL player? No. Mm. I'm not interested. Does he have the same spelling of the last name? S A C C O? S A K I C. Nope. Not the same? No. Okay. Well, that's too bad. If if he had written it, I would have maybe have read it, but... Um, PPS, Ooh. as this next ex- episode will likely have seven hours of Star Trek talk, I wanted to yeah. ask a Star Trek question. How much jizz do you think they pump out of the holodeck? Also, where does the poo go on the ship? I have a theory that it gets transported straight to a replicator. Uh, yeah, that's that would be actually correct. That is what happens on the Enterprise. Is uh, it's a matter the reprocessing uh, system. So yeah, you're. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that, that's all life, my friends. It's uh, we're all. I mean, one, I, one way or another, you're eating poo. Sure, sure. And I mean, I think the the answer to the one question is the answer to both questions. I think all of it gets absorbed in, put back into the. Uh, the bio sacks or whatever, and then that gets put into the uh, the replicators. There's mm-hmm. no waste in the mm-hmm. 24th century. No waste. No way. So, but, but I guess, like, how much just do they pump out of the holodeck? Oh, it's got to be gallons. 
Yeah. Like you've seen some of those Barkley yeah. episodes. You know what's going on in there. Well, like does it well no, it just, they don't have to like pump it out. It just dematerializes. Oh, in. Yeah, I just it just depends. Does it come from Yeah. Yeah, it comes I don't know. It, it comes from all right. It's above my pay grade, I yeah. think. P P P P S CM Punk is back, baby. Didn't know he left. Oh. But people on Red said they cried when they saw his intro. Uh, how so uh yeah did you hear about this uh i mean you know i didn't so so well you know about that cm punk i know about the cum punk from that movie we watched right yeah there's that guy there's that well back in the day cm punk was kind of a star on the uprise he was kind of an alt hero and you know he was not john cena yeah people liked him people cheered him and then he he walked away because mm-hmm. he didn't like where he was working, and people gave him shit for it, and people wanted him back desperately. And he's always like, "No, no, no, I'm gonna go become an MMA fighter." And he lost. I remember that he got beat up yeah. because, of course, he did. But that's fine. He mm-hmm. he went. He did what he wanted to do, and he washed out, giving shots that like people don't normally get unless they're a celebrity. But uh, this isn't a real. It's not a real sport like at all. It's just like a, it's a carnival. <laughs> People, people really do know how to fight, but man, oh man, it's got to be a better way to make a living. They get punched in the head. <laughs> like uh, doing a podcast? Like doing a podcast. You make zero dollars. In fact, neg- negative bucks. Uh, yeah, it's negative great. Bucks. Negative dollars. So yep. he bought this new shop opened up. Not WWE, but AEW. AEW. Right. And uh, a deal was struck. And CM Punk is now with AEW, and he will be wrestling at their next pay per view. Forty uh, something year, forty something years old, or forty years young, some might say. He's gonna he's gonna wrestle, and apparently, uh, supposedly, Daniel Bryan, aka Bryan Danielson, apparently he might be coming into AEW too. How much money do they have at this company? Well, it's owned by uh, Tony Khan, whose dad is a billionaire. So, oh, so enough. They got, I mean, you have to you have to make money. You can't just spend money all day long, I guess, and throw it at yeah. wrestlers. They, they maybe at the end of the day they're like, "Hey, it's a great payday, and I can do whatever the fuck I want, work as much as I want." Yeah. So my question is: the CM Bunk, uh, CM Bunk, and Daniel Bryan, would their names and theme songs not be like owned by well, WWE? Well, Daniel Bryan would be that name would be owned, but he he is Brian Danielson. So he'll be able to be Brian Danielson over there. And uh, so CM Punk, his, he actually was using licensed music by Living Color, mm-hmm. uh, the Cult of Personality okay. song, which uh, AEW has also now licensed. And so he came, out to, uh-huh. he came out to his music and people lost their shit in Chicago, his hometown. Chicago? And that's where you hear these stories of people crying. Mm. Did <laughs> you cry? No. I barely remembered it was happening when it happened. I watched it the next morning, and uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." (laughs) I just like I'm I'm like, "Whatever." Uh, We'll see how that goes. Wrestling is, I don't know, it's a little silly. I don't know if you is that is that a I I was not aware. That's a little silly. So uh, I feel um, a little checked out on uh, the graps. So Mm. this is kind of. Oh yeah, that's finally happening. If this happened two years ago, oh, I would have been like pretty stoked. 
but now well, it's kind of like oh, it's, it seems like it's coming a little late but i guess uh, uh, it's better now than never yeah i guess uh I did, did my retelling of things like bring tears to your eyes uh, i've been crying all day so well because because we had to record tonight does it count if you never stop crying? Mm. But yes, that was the the reason. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Yeah. And love it. Uh, Dylan. Fro- Dylan who? Frogert. Oh, yeah, the frog. What's up An with him? email entitled Break. Well, fellas, did you have a good break from this torture? Save anyone from drowning? In the air tonight begins to play. Anyway, uh, I, yeah. have a great show, Dylan. Oh shit, that's it. That's it. Damn. Damn. Yeah, we did have a good break, and uh, the only per- we didn't save anyone from drowning. It's almost like we jumped back in. Mm-hmm. Right, Jared? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, good to hear from those first three people: Larry mm-hmm. K, Oliver G, Dylan Frog. That's it, right? That's it so far. Okay. Next, Shane O'Mac. Holy fuck. Evening, creepers. Ooh, baby. Hello there, creeps. Glad to see you made it through the gauntlet of guest hosts and had a week to recuperate. I see today, Mm -hmm. if I'm right, is a French film. What is your all-time favorite French film? Mine would be 2001's Brotherhood of the Wolf. It is one of my all-time bangers. I love the cinematography of it, and even the twist on the legend of the Beast of Guévedin. Uh, can I just say no to favorite French films? No. Just, just uh, no. Bro- bro- uh, I got to bro- look. Actually, Brother of the Wolf's pretty cool. Um, yeah. The indigenous guy in that, the scout guy, that character is pretty sweet, but it's and it's a bummer that there's not more of him in that movie. You know, you know what I'm saying, RJ? Um, what? <laughs> exactly. Not really. I think I saw the movie when I was a kid. Okay. So. Uh, oh, he's deep in. He's deep. Some of these in, don't. He's deeply searching. Well, no, I was just pulling up my France thing. No, uh, I think my internet's a little spotty tonight, so you got a little robotic. But oh, uh, I, I don't. Uh, a lot of these don't seem like French films, but uh, I guess I'm gonna go with Beyond the Walls. Ooh, what about Terminator 2 Judgment yeah. Day? See, is that a French film? There's probably French money in it, I guess. See, that's what I mean. There's a lot of films in here that uh, are a lot of movies, the, a lot of shows the that devil, say they're French. What, the Devil Wears Prada, Paddington, Spring Breakers. Yeah, yeah, like, what? <laughs> what about, um, what is this? Or Ogroff. That's French, right? It is. The Mad Mutilator is that? Would that be yours? Uh, that's my movie, yeah. What about The Grapes of Death? Well, next week we get to watch the Samurai too. <laughs> is that French also? That's some. That's some milady action. <laughs> oh, is there uh, some tipping of their hat? Well, look, look at the... look at the poster. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I know. There's that dude who is his picture on Letterbox for like 18 years. I think there's multiple people with that. Yeah. Are you saying yeah. it's are you saying it's not Hiroshima Monomore? It might be La Ventura, although I think that's Italian. That is Italian with French with, with the French money in there. Yeah. Son of a bitch. With Cirque Rouge. It's pretty good. Passion of Joan of Arc. 
is uh, not French, right? Because that's uh, Carl Theodore Dreyer. I mean, he's German. Uh, nope. <laughs> he's not. But I, yeah, he, he's German. He's European. It's kind of like, well, I mean, he's German the way that Rutger Hauer is Canadian. Rutger Hauer is Canadian. Exactly. In the same way that Brian Cox is Canadian. Uh-huh. Which I mean, is maybe, a new thing I'm trying out. Maybe what I got to do is look up French language instead of this uh, bullshit country list that is not yeah, helping. This... God damn it, Shane. Yeah. Yeah, the beach bum is a hundred percent not a, a French film, so with, not sure where they. Uh... Without question, oh my god! Let's look at a top list of French films. Uh, what how about, about... How about how about uh, Beauty and the Beast? Sure, that's a we can we can both say that with confidence that we feel good about that, right? No. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Or yeah. or some. Uh... <laughs> his ass playtime jacques tati oh, yeah play what about mon or, uncle or i know you're a big fan of that cleo from five to seven i prefer, prefer cleo from 10 to uh 10 to nine nice that's a long shift depends how you look at it man nine to five cleo from nine to five what about that does that sound better how about contempt I have contempt for you. And 400 blows. Uh, it blows all right. <laughs> yeah, I got him. I smoked him. Nailed it. How about... Yeah, that movie's Belgian. I can't even name it. Jeez. The Belgium films? Yeah, can't talk about them. The, the, no, the, we, the we, land of Tintin. You don't want to fuck with the, the Belgian people, Jarrett. George Hoshmeyer might come back. I know he's Lithuanian, but uh, we haven't heard from him for a while. No. So he, he might come. He might get you. Uh, Shane continues. Um, hopefully yes. with, with our non-answers. I probably feel. Yeah. Uh, enjo- no, we did good stuff. Enjoyed the animated Batman talk from a couple episodes ago. As a DC stan, I have watched the majority of the animated movies and most of the TV shows. I really have enjoyed Batman Under the Hood and the Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. The graphic yep. novel joke, Killing Joke is what got me into comics, and DC found the animated uh, the animated version of it decent, but really having the side story at the beginning where Bats bangs Batgirl was weird. <laughs> I understand having to flesh it out to feature length, but it really didn't fit the tone of the rest of the story, in my opinion. What, if any, is your favorite animated DC movie? Have a great show, guys. Uh, Shane. Thanks, Shane. Oh, fuck he's throwing hands left and right am i right mm-hmm. am i right uh i can i can speak to this a little bit i guess because i I've, i used to watch a lot of those i not as much anymore but have you have you watched any of like the the dc animated the last five years any of that stuff no i i really no. have not i've seen i've seen a few i've seen a few yeah i never saw i, I uh, actually don't know if i've seen a single one I'm like skimming through it in order. Superman Doomsday, Justice League New Frontier, Batman Gotham Knight, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, First Flight, Pub- uh, Superman Batman, Public Enemies, Justice mm-hmm. League Crisis on Two Earths, Batman Under the Red Hood, Bat- uh, mm-hmm. Superman Batman, Apocalypse, All-Star mm-hmm. Superman, Green Lantern, Emerald I've seen Knights, all of these. Batman Year One, Justice League, mm-hmm. Doom, Superman versus the Elite. Mm-hmm. Batman, The Dark Knight Returns, 
Superman Unbound, and there's the Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox, Justice League War, Son of Batman, Batman mm-hmm. Assault on Arkham, Justice League Throne of Atlantis, Batman versus Robin, Justice League Gods and Monsters, Batman Bad Blood, Justice League versus Teen Titans, Batman mm-hmm. the Killing Joke, Justice so have League. Have you seen these films? Or are you None. Just naming I'm, re- them? I'm literally okay. reading them. I'm just going to see if there's any that stick with you. Uh, Teen yeah, Titans. I'm the, on this list too. The Judas Contract, Batman and Harley Quinn. I've never heard of that. Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Yep. That's, I mean, does it look like a Mike Mignola comic? But doubtful. Suicide Squad. I think, I think so. Hell to Pay. The Death of Superman. Reign of the Superman. Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Batman. Hush. Wonder Woman, Bloodlines, Superman, Red Sun, Dark, uh, Justice League, Dark, Apocalypse War, Jesus Christ, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, Batman, Soul of the Dragon, Justice Society, World War II, and most recently, like, I didn't even know these came out, Batman, The Long Halloween. Yes. God damn it. Was that worth it? No. Okay, so I've seen everything up to Assault on Arkham. And then I stopped watching them. Although I have heard some of the ones that came out more recently were pretty good. Like I, I had like Batman Ninja, I think sounds really cool, but I haven't watched it yet. Right. Uh, but yeah, so everything above Assault on Arkham I have seen. Uh, and there's a few, there's a few that are pretty good in there. Um, Batman Gotham Knight is pretty cool. It's like four separate ones, different animation styles. Uh, Superman Batman. Oh no, that's I gave it a two and a half. Never mind. Under the Red Hood is good. That one is really good. Um, I think Superman Batman Apocalypse is not bad. Uh, Superman versus the Elite, I actually liked quite a bit. And that's based on um, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Yes. Yeah, like, like, what, what is it, issue yeah. 700 of Action Something Comics like with yeah. the Elite? Yeah. That one I actually liked quite a bit. Uh, Flashpoint is good. Dark Knight Returns isn't bad. Um, Superman Unbound is pretty good, actually, too. I think that's a, a Brainiac one. Um, that's actually mostly what I've seen. Uh, but there are some of these are supposed to be good. Like, I think Gotham by Gaslight is, is supposed to be good. Batman Ninja is supposed to be good. Um, some of the dar- Justice League Darks I th- I've heard are okay. Uh, yeah. No, some of them are pretty good. Call me when they make the, uh, the Red Rain, uh, animated one then then i'll be over that you know when they make Bat- batman a vampire jerry that's good stuff so you gotta get some of that kelly jones style ins but that's not oh, yeah. that that style wouldn't translate well to animation i don't think it's too well, it's too, too busy yeah yeah maybe depends I, I wonder this gotham by gaslight like you were saying I, I wonder if they um what the animation style is there and if it uh if it meshes well you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean Dylan Froger gave it two and a half stars. Oh, high praise. So, or high praise. Skip it. You know, some of those, yeah, some of them are pretty good. I've seen zero. I have seen 24 of these films. Crazy. Mostly, mostly the earlier on stuff. Are they, on, are yeah. they online? Uh, a, a bunch of the newer ones are on Netflix. Um, like, I know Batman Ninja is on Netflix, and. I don't know. They're kind of split up. That wasn't wasn't even on that list I just looked at, I don't think. Batman Ninja? Yeah. So the list I'm looking at has 83 films. I was was looking at Wikipedia. 
Oh, just go to Letterbox, go DC Animated. No, it's the second I'm, list there. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, you you would have seen way more of these. Yeah, this has 83 films in it, and I have seen 20 some. Yes. Yes. Know what I mean, Vern? Jay Johnson knows what you mean. And our next email. Holy cow. With an email titled, A Night at the Theater. Ooh. Hi, creeps. So many great memories of the movie theater. I just realized today that I haven't been out to see a movie in over a year and a half. And this makes me yeah. sad. Oh, I, yeah. I, I almost I thought about it again recently. I kind of want to see that Green Knight in theater. Maybe It's available uh, to uh, watch at home. Is it? If you want to rent it. Yeah, it's on uh, uh, Amazon Prime Rental now. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, if you if you don't want to brave the theater, you can watch it at home is all I'm I, saying. I guess. I guess. Yeah. It, it crosses my mind. Like, oh, I could go to like, sneak a movie in. I could watch, watch some, some trippy Arthurian whatever. <laughs> or not Arthur. I don't even think it's King Arthur. It's, it's got knights, though. Kniggets. Can, can yeah. Yeah, it's it's a real fun Arthur story as as I understand it. Okay. You'd maybe be safe, but you'd be with the A twenty four crowd, so Ooh, you know. those, those, those people are the biggest anti maskers of them all, I think. <laughs> yes, they are. No. Yeah. With their with their A twenty four tattoos. <laughs> yeah, right under their neck, A twenty four. Yeah, they cover up with their masks that they don't they just wear like like when they start, oh, I'll put it on so I don't get caught. But I'm going to go right back yeah. to do whatever I want. These are the A24 guys. No good. No, no good. <laughs> you heard here first. That's a scoop. Scooped them. It's like how oh. apparently like maybe 50% of nurses in Florida have been vaccinated. They're probably all A24 fans too. And That's also, also, that, that was like the, that was the buried lead. They didn't even talk about that. It was just in the uh, the sub notes, and then it's like this should have mm-hmm. been bigger news. Mm-hmm. People need to know. Yeah. Uh, here are my favorite movie theater moments. Number one, the mm-hmm. runner up is when they showed Stephen King's It at our local theater. At the end of the mm-hmm. movie, this guy in a clown suit jumped onto the railing of, of the balcony and threw balloons down on us. Oh huh. uh, yeah, that's neat. Yeah. But my Something. all my all time favorite involves a bad movie, M Night Shyamalan's The Visit, when that mm-hmm. old man slowly removed his loaded adult diaper and jammed it in that kid's face. The entire theater went batshit insane. Boxes of popcorn being thrown, hysterical screaming, laughing, people running up the aisles. Nothing like some shit stained childhood trauma to positively ignite a crowd. Is, is this is this true, RJ? Yeah. Yeah, that that is a scene in that uh, in that in that movie. <laughs> what? A hundred percent. Yeah, you should you should watch some of M Night's new stuff. God. I uh, God damn him. <laughs> I, would, I would be very interested to see what you think. Uh, is, uh, fast, yeah, fast. Add it to your Creeptober list. Oh my god! No. I think it's on Netflix or something like that. Perfect. And it's short too. It's like eighty minutes or something. For the shit diaper. Yeah. Yeah, you should you should watch the visit. There okay. were a couple scenes in that movie that were okay, but yeah, that that thing's pretty pretty not good. Pretty not good. 
Um, what are some of your favorite movie theater moments? And do you think we'll ever be able to sit in a crowded theater filled to capacity and laugh with strangers again? Thanks for your hard work, Jay. Uh, I mean, my, well, yeah. all, 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 all I know is my most recent favorite movie theater moment was RJ and I. Last time I think we probably went to a movie, the guy just like fucking just walked right through that dude's popcorn. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> just right through it. It was on the floor. The guy just booted it and you can just hear the sound. <laughs> yeah. And see, and that's why. And I mean, I know, yeah, I, I had a lot of really good experiences in theaters and I know why a lot of people want to go back, but for me, I'm good. Like it's it's, unple- it's I don't know. I find it deeply unpleasant and stressful. <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah. Unless you're like in a theater and you can control every element. Um and now it's like, oh, on top of that, now now there's um a pandemic on top of it all. It's kind of like this is yeah. fine. And like again, but I'm a masochist cuz I just said I'm like, yeah, I kind of think about going to the theater just a little bit. You know, check it out, you know, see if it's dead. Um other people have like no hesitations. They're just going. They're just like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Hash, I'll live my life. Don't don't give into Fauciism. I, I got, mean, I got, I gotta go. Yeah. See, I got, I gotta go see. I don't know. What's a piece of shit that just came out? I don't even know. What what movies come out in theaters? Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. There you. I, I, I gotta. I, I, I gotta see Free Guy. I gotta. I gotta express my freedom. I, I gotta go see. And I, I see like two. Like uh, companies are still pushing back releases because every movie that comes out underperforms, and it's like, well, no shit. Stop like trying to make people go to the theater. Like, um, I don't know if you've been uh following the Denis Villeneuve news on Dune, because uh, nope, I he's pissed. Why is he mad? So uh, I why is it because well, uh, it's, it's going to stream at the same time as in theaters? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was sucks. like, if you watch it at home. He's like, if you watch it at home, it's like having a speedboat in your bathtub, and it's just like, I get it. I know you get, want people to see, buddy. Your, get get your move. No, theater, well, I, 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 he, it's all like, like, it's about his career, right? Because yeah. he knows it's going to do shit. It's like asshole. Yes. How do you think most people watch your fucking movies right now? They don't rent theaters. It's like, oh, it's a speedboat in your bathtub. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like, I know. I don't know. I, I get it that like this is going to hurt your career in a way mm-hmm. that like it's outside of your control. And he and it's like, whatever. If Warner Brothers, like maybe since they announced that it's all going to be on HBO Max in the states, that mm-hmm. they can't like go back on it. And he's like, no, go back on it. <laughs> I mm-hmm. need this to be a hit. And it would, it would make if it, it will do badly if it's, yep. you can just watch it on at home in the states. Like, yeah. of course it will. Like, because who's like, you're a moron if you're paying like for your. Uh, really expensive HBO Max thing. You're like, why are you, I'm going to go see it in theater too. It's like, nah, you're not. You're just going to, you're going to watch, watch it at for, home. Yeah, you're, you're already paying for it. So You've already paid for it. Yeah. Well, and, so and, it and sucks like for that. him. It sucks for him. But uh, yeah. at the same time, well, get, come on, dude. Stanley yeah. Cooper, Stanley Cooper understood. He got it. He should, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, uh, it's like, yeah, this is going to impact you. It's like everybody had shit happen this year that they didn't want to have happen. I get it. I mean, I know he's dealing with hundreds of millions of dollars, but like yeah. he was like crying about how there's probably not going to be a Dune 2 and a Dune 3 now. And it's like the same thing that happened before. And it's just like, listen, stop trying to force people into like dangerous, potentially like dangerous situations, like crowd the theater. Get in there. You got to see Dune on the big screen. It's like, no, we don't. Do, do you you think, don't. So do you think there's like um, there's going to be somebody who's like dying? It's like they have cancer and they're like 
not going to make it. And they're like, Warner Brothers, can I can I get a screener? I, of I, course. And then they'll go, no. <laughs> they'll go, no. Wait till it drops on HBO Max. Yeah. Can you if you if you hold out, you, you hold out. But if not, eh. Yeah. And see, actually, like, so I. Uh, uh, one other thing with that is I don't actually follow him too much, but I saw something James Gunn said because like Suicide Squad came out on HBO Max and someone was like, do you do you got a problem with this? And he's like, no, he's like some of my favorite movies I've only ever watched at home and mm-hmm. I haven't seen in theaters. Yeah, he's like he's like Jaws is one of my favorite movies. He's like, I've never seen it in a theater. He's like, this is how you consume movies. He's like, is yeah. it what the companies want? Maybe not. But he's like, but there's it's like the, we still have like shit out there. That's dangerous so it's yeah. like relax yeah, let just, people make their some, own decision that just feels like some of that some peak entitled asshole stuff like there's oh, oh yeah. my movie <laughs> my movie there's my nothing else movie. there's nothing else going my... on in the world there's impromptu hospitals and libraries <laughs> oh why are people going to see paul astrades and spice <laughs> my space worm movie oh <laughs> But it's whatever. Uh, I, I get it. It's about career preservation. He he doesn't want to wind up being the next Nolan, but he is. He is going to be the next Nolan because he doesn't because he's being a whiny pants. Whatever. I don't. I don't. Give yes. A I don't care. I agree. I don't care. I'm not going to see this movie either. Probably because I don't see any movie. I'll, I'll definitely watch it. I'll definitely watch it. But when well, it's available, how long? How long? Crave, how, like how, eight how, months after it. Well, how, it. no. How long did it take for uh, Kong to show up uh, on Crave? Was it six months? It, it was March, so March, Not April, even. May, June, July, August. Yeah, six, six months. months. Boom, six months. Uh, was it coming out in October? I'll I'll see you uh, movie in March. Yes, sweet, yep. sweet, uh, yeah. sweet March. March. Smart, lousy March weather. Lousy March weather. Uh, anyway, movies, but also Justin Peterson writes. Mm-hmm. One creepy birthday. Ooh. Hey, Jaron RJ. What's happening? And it is great to have you back after your much-needed week off. And mm-hmm. it comes at the perfect time since I will get a new Creeps episode just in time to close out my 36th birthday. Maybe. Depends how late we go. That's right. What if it goes over time? It'll be, it'll be late. It can always happen. Mm-hmm. Always. Can you recall any partially memorable birthday parties from when you were kids? One of my favorites is when I got a surprise party where me and my four closest friends went to go play laser tag. Ooh. Laser tag's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, from, a kid, from being a kid? I remember uh, when I was like... Five, I really, really wanted a cake with a pumpkin jack o' lantern like shape on it with a like with a face. I really, really wanted it, but it was like, did you get it? Uh, my parents got like something close to it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like what I wanted. That was, that was like my gift too. It's like I don't even know if I wanted like presents. I wanted a cake that was like a pumpkin, pumpkin cake. Yeah, so they could have just did the icing themselves, right? Uh, yeah, but they didn't do that kind of thing. Oh, they 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 just get they were like, they were trying to get one and it was like they did gotcha. get something. There's a photo of it somewhere. I'd have to dig it up, but mm-hmm. that was a lot of effort poured into getting that. Uh, I, I don't remember what the cake tasted like at all. <laughs> Maybe it tasted like pumpkin. Maybe it was no. pumpkin spice. No, that was the thing. It's like I didn't want pumpkin 
pie or pumpkin cake. I didn't want a pumpkin cake. I wanted a, a cake that just looked like a jack-o'-lantern head. Ah, I mean, that's kind of cool. No. You should do that again this year for yourself. Yeah? Treat yourself. Oh, no. That's... Yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, I know what you were going to say. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. No, no, nothing. Uh-huh. I can't say shit. Uh, Treat yourself. No. No. Uh, what about you? Any memorable kid birthdays? Sticking with cake themes, my mom used to make us really cool cakes. She would do like lots of different frostings and stuff, and she had a ton of cool uh, cake pans, which uh, I think she gave to my one older sister, and I think she gave them away, which I was really upset about. But we had like a Batman cake pan and like a Mario Bros cake pan, like really cool stuff that you could have kept forever and made cool cakes. Um, but the best was uh, one year she made me a, a Turok 2 Seeds of Evil uh, N64 cake. Yeah. So the cake, it just said it was the cover of the game, Turok 2 Seeds of Evil. And then she made little N64 controller, uh, like little cakes like that, too, which was pretty, pretty fucking rad, dude. I got to say. Mm-hmm. So, so this was when I was probably. When did that game come out? Probably like when I was eight or something. Turok 2 came out. Uh, yeah, 98. So, yeah, I was like eight, nine years old. And, uh, yeah, that was a good one. That was a real good one, Jared. It's a cool cake. Not bad. Might ask for that uh, this year from Andrew. Say, listen, babe, I really need you to make me a Turok 2 cake. <laughs> She'll say, what? She'll say, what does that mean? And I'll say, figure it out. We're trying to buy in a house, you asshole. <laughs> you say, want... figure it out, <laughs> or I'll figure you out. <laughs> you want a fucking Turok cake? Uh, yeah. Well, it's about the little things, Jared. You understand? To rock you out on your ear. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't uh, I can't say that I endorse the opinions of my co-host, but uh, his opinions. Well, uh, this is this is this is Andrea. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, I see. You weren't talking of me to do that to her. You were talking of her to do that to me. Is that what well, you're saying? Yes. Okay. If that was if, if that wasn't clear, yeah. I. Yeah, not you or no, no. I'm just you. I'm I'm just being I'm just being crystal clear. That's no. all. Yeah. Just being crystal clear, Jared. Like, like that's a great beverage. Crystal clear, like Pepsi Crystal. Mm-hmm. There's like a there's like crystal clear packets. I think people like flavor their water. Uh oh and then, yeah. There was like also like a it's called clearly Canadian. I don't know if you remember those. What it's was like, Canadian about it? I don't know. They just called it that. But it was like it came in like kind of like a tinted blue glass bottle. I think they have them at Seven Eleven some places still. There's like blueberry flavored or kind of like a kind of a fruity flavored thing. Those things like hold up. They're like I don't know. My my parents like more of my probably my mom. I think really liked those. And so as a kid, I was like, what is it? What are these? And I drink them like, oh, these are delicious. They're just loaded with sugar, I think though. But look it up. Clearly Canadian. Beverage drink. Clearly Canadian. No. This thing looks strange. Wait. Oh, oh yeah, I drank those. Yeah, you I did. I remember those. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I remember. you didn't remember the name. I didn't know the name. I, I recognized that bottle immediately. Yep. I thought it was like a really fancy thing. I was like, is this champagne? What is this? <laughs> no. But like as a little kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is being fancy. This is fancy. Yeah. But I think it's the... Uh, I can barely read the bottles here. Is it like bl- for flavors? Black- oh, yeah. I think it's like the Blackberry. There was like Blackberry. Yeah, that was, the, Ma- that was a big seller. Ma- Mountain Blackberry is the A number one. Oh, yeah. 
I I agree. That was a that was a must have. Must have. Uh, yeah. Though I am, I think, you know, the thing I'm seeing is, I believe, look, there's a photo here of Elaine and Jerry drinking clearly Canadian in season seven, episode nineteen, the Wig Master. And they got some clearly Canadian in Canadian. their hands. That was, that was... I mean, up New York, it came right off the boat, Jared. Yeah, right, right across the St. Lawrence. Right, right across the St. Lawrence and, and, and Act. Flowing out to the Hudson. Yeah. However, however those waterways work. Uh, how do they work? Upwards. Out, out to sea. Out to sea. Yeah. But, yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. There you go. Clearly Canadian. Hopefully they put that into Double A's uh, next gift basket. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if I was making the basket, I would have did a few things differently than uh, the one he got. His basket was pretty good, yeah. but uh, I, I would have added a few of my own faves, if you know what I mean, Jared. Mm-hmm. I, I think I do, because you said exactly what you said. <laughs> wow, that was two weeks ago. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I'm more excited, like you're saying, you know, if you know what I mean. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Well, I mean, I don't know. Who's to, who's to say? I also remembered a birthday party for grade, after whatever it was after grade six, going into junior high. Uh, me and uh, the boys, uh, inclu- oh. in, 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 including one uh, Larry Krysak. Uh, going to Mortal Kombat. That's pretty sick, man. In the theater. And that yeah. same night, also watching um, uh, Billy Madison. You know Hello? That? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Can you hear me, RJ? Or... Uh, you were frozen, but oh. you, you were saying that you went to the theater and then you went home and watched something else. Billy Madison. <laughs> Ooh, shit, yeah, that's a good doubleheader. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's video evidence oh. of this. Actually, I discovered of your birthday party of that birthday party. It's it's uh, don't perfect. let that get into the wrong hands. I uh, I won't. It is pretty damning. I will say for all, I'm just saying for all parties. Just saying, there's a lot of people on the internet that uh, don't like this podcast that would love to get their hands mm-hmm. on something yeah, like that. Well, that's fine. It's in a safe place. On, okay. on videotapes um that yeah that actually that experience is one thing i do miss about theaters like as a little kid going to a movie for like a party and watching movies that night playing video games too that was cool okay. but you don't need to go to the theater for that you can you just do it all at home even better <laughs> what a coincidence here so that green knight movie is out now and per usual with a24 movies i enjoyed it so can you guys set the record straight and note which a24 movies you like the ones you loathe ah uh, i mean that that's a that's not an easy task well can, can, we, can, we, can we all just say slow west is the the best a24 movie ever is that him saying that or is that no, you me saying that? that's me that's my uh, that's that's my pick a slow west I'm I'm gonna disagree. <laughs> I've never seen it, but it's my favorite. So. I'm gonna disagree. I thought Tusk would be your favorite A24 film. Does that count though? I don't know. Does it count? I don't know. It's no. an A24 film, even though it's... Kevin Smith wow. kind of funded it himself. Yeah, exactly. They just yeah, it's bullshit. But it was That's it was real. released under A24, I think. <sighs> well, I don't know. 
Okay, I think I've seen more of these than you have. I've seen 34. What about you? Fuck, I'm going to do this, huh? Films. Well, I'm going to go pretty fast. Under the Skin, I like a lot, but it really bums me out. I never want to watch it again. Ex Machina is good. Yep. End of Tour, very good. Films, very no, good. So there's, there's, fuck, there's too many lists. There's like the complete filmography. Eh. I've seen 30, I've seen 33. Okay, so we're pretty close. Um, okay. I think Locke's boring. I think that, uh, that, that, I, that movie I thought it was okay. Yeah, I think that movie is like completely whatever. And mm-hmm. that, that I didn't even know what A24 was at the time. <laughs> that Nobody thing. did. Nobody did. Until the, the oh, witch. Yeah, see, like, they Or room. Part of it is just the weirdness of how people talk about it. I mean, they make, they made some good ones. They got some good. Oh, yeah. They got some good movies in this, but, um, so I like 33 out of 150, apparently, or yeah. at least the ones I've seen. Yeah. Mostly it just, yeah. it comes down to like, do they make bad movies? I don't know about that. Sea but, of Trees, maybe. But I mean, like, uh, the end of the tour is like really good, but that, oh, yeah. that, that seems like that was a pickup for them. Yeah. For a lot of them are too, aren't they? Yeah. They didn't start getting to their own making movies till later, I think. Yeah. Green Room, Swiss Army Man, Lobster. Like, I don't know if any of those were made from A24. Yeah. Good Time, Disaster Artist. Sacred Deer, Florida Project, good, all good shows. Room, good. Green Room, good. The Lobster, good. Krisha, good. The Witch, good. De Palma, good. Swiss Army Man, good. Moonlight, yep. okay. Black Coat's Daughter, good. Uh, it comes tonight. <laughs> Movies. What about First Reformed, Jarrett? Awful. Uh, go a ghost story. <laughs> ghost story, good. Good time, good. Florida Project, good. Killing of Sacred Deer, good. Ladybird, good. Disaster Artist, good. Last movie star, bleh. First Reformed, bleh. Hereditary, eh. What, what, what is what is this? Under the Silver Lake. Mm. Midsummer. Yeah. Uh, Lighthouse. Yeah. Lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uncut Glass Gems. Black Man in San Francisco. Very good. I haven't seen it yet. That's the one I've seen that you haven't. That one's very yeah. good. Un- Uncut Gems. Yeah, good. I liked it. Yeah. I'd like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going back to the early days, uh, Spring Breakers. I'm I'm a fan. I think the uh, the the scene with the uh, Britney Spears music is. Uh, Hmm. I I have not seen and and it's got uh, Jeff Jarrett, pro wrestler, in there too. It just is like in a cameo, and it's it, any been, relation. Uh, I wish. Oh okay. Enemy, good. Under the skin, good. good. Lock, but the rover. Mm. Life after Beth. Uh, what did I rate that? What did I even rate that movie back then? Uh, oh, I give it two stars. So it might be the lowest rated. Terrific. While you're young, while we're young, good. Ex Machina, yeah. good. And then tour, really good. Uh, Mississippi Grind, whatever. So uh, there you go. Yeah, that, that's the speed run of the movies I've seen. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty good. Like, what are they? Twenty five. But then, then on the flip side, there's the movies I have not seen and don't uh, want to. And don't want to. Um, yeah, there's a lot of those. I think A twenty four fits in the same wheelhouse as the uh, the Fight Club remember, uh, Scarface. Remember Revenge of the Green Dragons. No, the the Martin Scorsese produced film. Oof, uh, most violent year. I've got no. that still unwatched on Blu-ray. I got that for like mm-hmm. five bucks. King of Trade. Uh, oh, Slow West. What about Amy? RJ. What about uh, what, what, what about Remember? Which I believe uh, is that the one that Sugar had just watched and was just like <laughs> that, probably. I think on that one. Uh, sea of Trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nobody wants that. Uh, nobody wants that. Free Fire. Oh, Ben Wheatley. Just 
Was that the Ben Wheatley one? It's like yeah, him doing yeah. his act. Oh, boy. Yeah. I got I to mention Ben Wheatley. So I don't know if you saw this, RJ. Uh, so Severn Films, the DVD Blu-ray company, they're putting yeah. out a folk horror collection that's like fucking ridiculously good. Uh, yeah. it, it comes with the uh, Cure La Genese documentary that's like three hours long. And it comes mm-hmm. with all these movies that should be in there. But it also has the Ben Wheatley movie, A Field in England, which is like trying too hard to be a folk horror movie. And it's okay. boring. But like this thing's got Eyes of Fire, which is awesome. I am so I, I had no idea it was coming. And then so I pre-ordered this thing. This thing's $170 US. It comes out December 5th. I ordered it. This is like the first DVD Blu-ray thing I ordered forever. Because I was just like, oh, I just want to get this. Like, okay. If I'm gonna buy okay. it, I'm like this is this is me. It's like I'm this is mine now. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Oh, whatever. Three months from now, four months from now. Will I have it before Christmas? Hard to say. But Merry Christmas to you, I guess. That, treat yourself, Jared. I, I treat myself far too well. Frequently? Frequently. That's what do you mean by that? We got what about the Ballad of Lefty Brown? Did that movie actually ever come out? Uh I don't know. I had actually. it all I would I was wanting to watch it and then it seemed to never come. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't uh, know. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, eighth Maybe. grade, you, how, how? Uh, it's a good show. I don't know if you would like mid it's, mid nineties hole in the ground. That, that's a good show too. Climax. That's a twenty four. I'm not interested in that one. High life. That's got that semen you're all about. I mean, it's not a bad movie, but it's not great. Yeah, yeah, it's got uh, lots of in fluid. fabric. I've heard is interesting. Uh, oh, there's that movie, The Fall, with that that poster. I yeah, I don't know. I just get sick of these posters too. Oh, see, I, yeah. Uh, then they started. It's more doing... the A24 guys that annoy me more than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah, that you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. That this is like the, this 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 is the first time movies were ever good. <laughs> People. Yeah. Yeah. I get but it's like I love A24 and Tarkovsky, and you're like, <laughs> all right, settle down. <laughs> And like I'm saying that knowing that like uh, there are a ton of good A24 movies, yeah. but it's those guys who only like A24 and Tarkovsky films for some reason. Yeah. And you're I, just like, see, no, I want, I want, I want to watch Green Knight, but at, but maybe I won't get A24. <laughs> oh, I, I want to. I do want to see it. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe, uh, that maybe min- we see, watch I, it together. Oh, see, I didn't even realize that Minari movie was uh, their whole thing too. I didn't either. I didn't either. See, That's supposed to be good. That, that that was during the uh, the the COVID inning, COVID ending, yep. so things didn't work out as well as they wanted to. Oh, there's this Bill Murray movie on the rocks. Uh, Saint Maud was their horror movie that like. Kind it's of... on Netflix already. I don't think it did as well as they thought it was going to. Nah. Yeah. It, did, it didn't. I, I think it. I don't think it was COVID either. I think it just underperformed. Cool. All right. That's a thorough. I think. Oh uh, yeah, we're we're good for another there's, year. Yeah, there's we have to yeah, there, there, there's, there's some there's some really good movies. Doesn't mean they're all good though. No, 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 I, no. I don't know if anyone's saying that otherwise, but let's uh, let's slow, let's calm down here. Are some are okay. Goat movie question of the week. I finally watched the bafflingly quirky Best Picture winner and future creep Tom Jones. So, what are your mm. favorite Albert Finney movies? Big Fish. Uh, yeah, there you go. 
That's my answer. Big fish. Uh, Miller's Crossing. Rock. Easy. Look at us. Look, look at us. Banged out. Looking at the other movie. There's nothing else on here that. I mean, wow, The Duelist is pretty good, but. Uh, not not uh, Aaron Brockovich? It's fine. I'm going to go with Big Fish. I like that movie. Big people, Fish. More people should like that movie than do. Yeah, it's the, only, it's the movie that probably left the biggest impression for me with him because it's the one that came immediately to mind. Big Fish? Miller's Crossing. Yeah, he's good in Big Fish. Uh, so, with Loki, Marvel's What If, and the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, the multiverse mm. era of the MCU has arrived. Since you guys don't give a shit about any of that, can you tell us about some of your favorite multiverse moments from the comics? Case. Okay, so- so before we even get into that, I didn't watch that Spider-Man trailer. Me neither. There's a lot of me. There's a lot of memes about it. Two things. When they announced this, I said they're trying to make a live action, uh, like into the Spider Verse. Yep. Which is a bad decision because that movie was great because it was animated. I think. Which we we both love that show. So I can say that was. Yep. May, you might not agree with that point, but uh, I think it was great because it was animated. It's it's the A twenty four of superhero movies. Yes. And then, two, I saw, I can't remember who did it, uh, like, what, I was just on Twitter, and it was an article that popped up. I didn't actually read it, but I agreed with the headline completely, where it was just like, this trailer is, like, ready player player one in a bad way. It's like, just because you have references doesn't mean things are good. Like, playing scavenger hunt with things, it's like, oh, man, it's what I, it's that guy from that movie once. So, um. I love that. Yeah. Anyways, I, I saw someone compare it to ready player one, and I was like, yeah, that's. That's how I kind of felt from this. So, multiverse stuff. I don't know. From comics, like, you know. So, uh, yeah. very um, cursory thinking about it. The JLA Earth Two graphic novel that Grant Morrison wrote and Frank Whiteley drew from way back in the the mid. Oh, our, our our internet is behaving beautifully tonight, right, RJ? Wherever you are. <laughs> this is amazing. RJ's just frozen in place. And it's not even me. It's it's him. He's to be blamed for all of this. It's his fault. It's his fault. Is he coming back? Is this planned? Is he back? Hello? RJ. Hello? I'm looking at a gaping dark hole. Are you stuck? Are you in the? Are you in the hole, I RJ? First, RJ, are you in the hole? I, I'm, I'm gonna go get some rope, RJ. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're back. I'm not alone anymore. In, in the dark. Uh, are you gone again? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know what's going on, dude. Huh. There you are. There's yeah, my, it was there, frozen. There's my chippy. It was frozen. The movie. I don't know. That, you seem that, good that, now. That, that, that's not a multiverse moment. So I was saying, yeah, since, yeah. Until you disappeared, uh, JLA sure. Earth Two by Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley, uh, where, where it's yeah. like the the superheroes, the the good guys. The superheroes. They, they go to Earth Two, which is where the the crime. Uh, whatever the injustice gang or whatever it is, the crime syndicate, 
uh, which is the Justice League, but bad guys. That's where they are. And of course, the, 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 the superheroes are trying to solve everything, but they actually live on a plane of existence where evil always wins. Whereas in the DC universe, good always wins. So mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try, the universe always conspires against you and you can't do anything about it. And I thought that was like a really interesting idea for our book where it's like, well, so they had, they figured out a way where they got, they won by losing. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. It was, it was, it was neat. Uh, but that's like one that comes to mind for multiverse things. Hmm. I thought you were going to say uh, Batman metal. No. <laughs> You're not of the, the metalverse? Hey, speaking of which, uh, do you want a King Spawn number one in your file? I'm good. Yeah, okay. No, thank you. It's a hot comic. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the only multiverse I like is the Batman Spawn crossover. How's that for you, Jared? Uh, which, which one? There's two. Number one. Uh, the one by Frank White or Frank Miller? Sure. Okay. Sure. I don't actually know a whole lot of multiverse stuff to, is what I'm trying to say. So I'm just going to say Batman Spawn. What about Infinite Crisis by Jeff Johns? Mm, I prefer the other Infinite Crisis. The Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yes. That one's pretty good. Okay. It's that not, one's pretty good. It's terrible. It's not? It's bad. It's con. not good? It's awful. I don't, I'm not a fan. But what about Batman Spawn? Yeah, is that a good comic? Yeah. Well, there's Batman Spawn, but there's also... Spawn Batman. I prefer Batman Spawn because grammatically it, it makes more sense. The, that B would come before S? Yeah. Um, yes. Which one's got a good cover and one's got a really bad cover. I think I have one of them. I can't remember which one it is. So Spawn Batman's got the much nicer looking cover. It's kind of a Dark Knight Returns play. And Batman Spawn, yeah. I have always felt it was a pretty fugly looking book. That's the uh, one written by Doug Minch. And uh, drawn by oh, and Chuck Dixon and Alan Grant, but drawn by Klaus Jansen, who is Frank Miller's inkor, and Spawn Batman, written by Frank Miller, drawn by Toddy Mac. Shane O'Mac. Toddy Mac. How is that different? Uh, one draws comics and one uh, throws hands. Oh shit! Never, never the two shall meet, or what? Nope, not at all. Interesting. Foodie question of the week. Speaking of birthdays, where do you stand on cake? Some of my favorites include Health Bar, German Chocolate, and Lemon. Fun fact, German Chocolate Cake was actually first created in Wisconsin. What the fuck is Health Bar Cake? I've never heard of this. The fuck? Oh, it's almost like it's almost like a chocolate cake with uh, like Reese's peanut butter cups or score bar on top? No. Did he? Write doesn't it? look very healthy. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, to you he, guys. Sorry, my my uh, my my eyes failed me. Heath bar, not health bar. <laughs> oh, okay. When I, no, when I hear health bar, it's, it's, I was okay. like, like I'm like health bar, like like in a video game. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so we do have we don't have Heath bars up here, but we have things that are similar. So yeah, I've had that cake before. It's what about good. better than sex cake? What about sex on the beach cake, Jarrett? Uh, no. Was no? That, was that like a pecan sandy? 
It's if you gotta ask, it's got you can't a afford du- it. It's got a double meaning. <laughs> well, what's your favorite kind of cake? I mean, white cake's good. Uh, but white remember, cake. White cake. Remember, uh, remember my white? remember my fondness for yellow cake. Yeah, I know you like yellow cake. Is oh. golden? Does golden cake fit into that as well? Because golden's I think it's the a same. brand of yellow. I, yeah, I think it's the same difference. How is yellow cake different from just like white cake? So like what, the, what's different? I, I think it, I don't know. It's just aesthetics. It looks like it tastes different. It's kind of like what um, sugar cookies taste like when they have like decorations mm. on them. It's all sugar, but there is a yeah. element of looking at the color of it and being like, "Well, oh, this tastes like white." It tastes like yeah, red yeah. and green. It tastes like green. So, what about sugar heads? Uh, that tastes like ant poison. Oh, I thought it would have been sugary. No. It's exactly why, not... why it's misleading, and people should make sure their kids don't go near sugar heads because they'll oh, die. Shit. They shouldn't go, don't do it. This is this is hard hitting news. I don't know if I agree with it, but I'm going to. I can't, yeah. I can't offer a, a, otherwise. So Always read your labels. But uh, and then of course there's a good old goddamn chocolate cake, lemon yep. cake, all the cakes, except for like fruit cake. Get the fuck out of here with that. My dad eats fruit cake. Oh, well, there you go. That, <laughs> that, that explains so much. In in what sense? It's just that's it. I uh, he was he was the only one who ever did yep. either growing yeah, up. Yeah, he, I he bet he did. Eat it or, yeah. Well, he he's old man. He grew up in a uh, in a small farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And the fruit cake was probably all they had. No, did he take the fruit cake and just kind of eat it like a first a regular person would eat a candy bar? No, he'll 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 cut off a piece. He cuts know? off slices like a loaf. He'll cut off a piece. Yeah, yeah, a little loaf, a little yeah. loaf for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of um, uh, birthday cake, which is just. Either chocolate or vanilla, but with the icing that you actually put on, because that icing gets hard when you eat it. I like hard icing, Jared. Did um, did uh, Bob Balog find someone to work for him? Did, 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 I noticed that like his call for employees did not include podcasters. I think that's a, that's, uh, that's a big misstep in twenty twenty one. Oh, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't think that the uh, the two streams cross on that one. Well, they don't Jared. yet. They don't yet. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Would you like to work uh, 15 hours a day out as, in uh, as a po- the sun? With as, the... as a podcaster. Oh, oh, pod- as, as a, well, you could podcast out there as long as you did other things as no, well. No, 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 no. That's not. It's above my pay grade. Oh, uh, that's not, not quite how it goes? No. I'll, I'll do the ta- I'll do the taco time run. I'll, uh-huh. I'll podcast the experience. Yep. Maybe some live streams. But... Uh, could you- could you do some preg checking on cattle? Could you do some branding while you podcast? Um, only if the, it gets kickstarted as like a kind of additional. Like your salary, thing. like your salary was kickstarted. Well, no, those those no, I'm gonna get paid, but then we'll get Kickstarter to like see. Oh, does anyone want to see Jarrett like brand a cow? He's gonna learn how. You got, but you gotta pay. You gotta, you gotta fundraise it. That's what people do now, right? They the things that they're gonna do no matter what. Like they just get paid for it, regardless. I uh, I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, I could tell from your face. Yeah, I uh, was it frozen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, you're having a good time. Um, you're having a good time over there. I don't know what's going on, man. Like you, uh, it's you, just you, not you, working you, very you well. You moved the rooms. 
But I mean, it's still connected with the same Ethernet cord. Yeah, but so, I, well, I see a problem behind you on the wall now. So maybe that's why. That, if anything, that should have made the connection yeah. better. Yeah, from the Holy sure. Lands. Yeah, should have made it better. Uh, yeah, I like birthday cake. I like bunt cake a lot. Bunt really cake. like bunt cake. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why, but I, I like it. And I think I've mentioned before the best cake: McCain marble cake, out of, right out of the freezer. It's so good. So good. Game, 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 game talk. What are your huh? thoughts on the following games you might play while you're out and about? <laughs> uh, not zero. Pool, putt putt, bowling, disc golf, archery, and skeet shooting. <laughs> zero. <laughs> I mean, like, if I was in a bar, I would play bar games the, like the, pool or. The bar. Like... What's that? What, that bar. What's, I, what's what's that hunting game called? The big the, big buck hunter. Yeah, but there's like there's that brand though. It's like the company that that's all they make. Yeah, I mean I've played all sorts of shit like that, and it's all fun. I like all that stuff, but it. Uh, I don't know. Darts is cool. Pool is cool. I used to play a lot of darts, but uh, I don't go to bars anymore. So there you go. I guess I just don't do that anymore either. So, and you're you're just zero, right? Zero. Fair I've, enough. Fair I've, enough. I haven't bowled in a long time. Bowling's fun. I, I like bowling a yeah. lot. I, I hate the shoes. Oh yeah, that that is. It's an archaic. You should get rid of that. Let people yeah. wear their own shoes. Yeah. Freedom. ASAP. Yeah. Freedom fifty two. Yeah. Say no to shoe passports. Uh yes. Yes, Jared. Uh, second last act team oh, Jackson holy Maximus. Shit. Holy shit! With an email entitled "Porn." Okay. Hey creeps, hope you're having a fun-filled '30s French hobo type week. With the recent <laughs> release of Blind Beast by Arrow, I was wondering if you had any plans for a rewatch, or in RJ's case, a new favorite for him. <laughs> also, oh, sure. any thoughts on the recent edition of Porn to Letterboxd? Wishing you all the best on the foremost podcast of food, Actium Jackson Maximus. True. It's nice to hear from him. He, uh, where did he go? People want to know. Yep. Yeah. So, how do you feel about the porno on Letterboxd? I know you're a big porn guy. Long overdue. Welcome news. I'm glad. I mean, do you ever feel like let, you might let, let them be log porno? The porn that you that you log? Ah, I don't care. Oh. Okay. Who gives a shit? It's classy well, stuff. I mean, how often are you going to be logging porn, do you think? Uh, I mean, am I logging new wave hookers? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I guess it's okay. like you, people can really you know, follow along. It's like, oh, what's, uh, what's, what's Jared jerking off to tonight? <laughs> oh, it's just showing his diary. Oh, I bet you jerked off to that. These are the I mean, things no, that nothing, I mean, make no... me want to quit the podcast forever. <laughs> well... I mean, I'll do it. I mean, that's. I mean, think about it. next time you folks, you're on your letterbox. You look through the lens of, did this person masturbate to that? I mean, the answer is surely yes. If they watched it, yes. what else are they doing? <laughs> They're just sitting there. And, like and then, no one and, just throws one on to check out the like the the lens width of like a porno shot. You're just no, well, no, you're no, watching no, it. To I'm, watch I'm, porn. I'm talking about any movie. Oh, <laughs> they they could be watching Sphere from. 1998 with Sharon Stone and Sam Jackson and 
Dustin Hoffman, and it's like, oh, maybe they maybe they uh, got off to that. Maybe they maybe they, when they were watching uh, Brian De Palma's Blowout, they uh, you know rubbed one out. I think about it. Letterbox, it's a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing. Probably don't want to don't want to come back next week. Maybe maybe your call to Skype and then no one will answer. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I should probably buy that Blind Beast Blu-ray, but as I just said, was telling RJ, I, uh, I haven't bought any movies for a while. I'm not yep. watching any. I got piles, piles of unwashed cinema. And Blind Beast, though, that, I'm sure that Blu-ray upgrade is, uh, very nice indeed. It's over the, uh, old Phantomos DVD I've got. Shit. Yeah, why do you keep buying movies if you don't watch them? Why don't? But I bought that. Oh, okay. Because I, I guess that was, it was a uh, opportunity I couldn't pass up. Hmm. That was, that was, yeah, there's like there's <laughs> things I've seen. There's lots that I've passed over lately, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. This one, though, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> better get hmm. better get on that. Uh, kind of like our final email of the night from Rob Eagle. Oh baby. Entitled Chekhov's Gun. Oof. Hi, creeps. You'll recall my recent flirtation with Murder, she wrote. Oftentimes, Jessica Fletcher notices somebody doing something. The camera lingers upon it, which tells us it's going to be important later on. I lately learned this is called Chekhov's Gun, a theory that the audience must be shown everything that will later be vital to the plot. I may have heard, uh, may have first heard about Chekhov's Gun on the podcast. I think you guys mentioned it. I have. Not me. I have, Rob no. Eagle. We notice when the camera pays special attention to something. We recognize these movie moments. Towards the end of Jaws, Quint slams down his machete, leaving it embedded in the boat rail. The camera stays on it. A movie moment. Years ago, I had my own real-life Chekhov's gun experience, which I've always mm-hmm. remembered. I've never told anyone because, till now, I've never known anyone nerdy enough to appreciate it. Well, not me, but maybe you. A pal moved house into an old property I was helping. His dad replaced the kitchen sink and had just reconnected the cold tap. We now had running cold water, so we made tea. We drank Mm -hmm. our tea in the backyard. When myself, my pal, and his dad had finally exhausted ourselves shouting, Crikey, my pal and his dad return indoors to connect the hot tap, leaving me to finish my cuppa. I was standing near a pile of junk clear from the house. On top of the pile was an old-timey rubber handheld shower attachment, the sort that looks like a stethoscope that fits onto the bath taps. Alone Mm. in the yard for no reason, I found myself staring at it. Remembering the machete from Jaws, I thought to myself, right now I'm having a movie moment. A loud banging interrupted. The banging came from the kitchen. Inside, my pal's dad was up a ladder, hammering on a pipe leading from the hot water tank. Between the Mm. tank and the sink, along the kitchen wall, lay 30 feet of bone-dry pipe. With his hammering and banging, he was trying to, impossibly, tease the water along the pipe to the hot tap with zero success. It was a holiday weekend. Situations like this pay for plumbers' second homes. Well, I thought to myself, there's Mm. nothing else for it, Machete. My pal would have no hot water. Quint, till Tuesday. Unless he wants to pay a plumber $10,000. 
For that, he gets the hot tap, Ooh. the cold tap, the whole damn thing. The dad hammering continued as I remembered my movie moment. I walked outside to the junk pile and picked up the stethoscope shower gizmo. By the time I returned to the kitchen, I had tied a strong knot in the rubber tube at the shower head. This left a tube with a nozzle each end that could connect the working cold tap to the empty hot tap. I fitted a nozzle to each tap. I turned on the cold tap and felt the water surge through the tube and straight back up into the hot tap. Coursing through 30 feet of empty pipe, the water forced the trapped air into the tank above with a loud rumbling sound. The connection now restored. Both taps worked perfectly. Okay, guys, I admit it. I'm showing off that I was less dumb than usual on that particular day. But leaving that aside, I think that's an interesting coincidence. And Chekhov's gun writ large. Regards, Rob England. P.S. It just occurred to me, if Chekhov's gun was a WWE wrestler, his arch nemesis would be named Deuce X Machina. I'm into that. Yeah. I like that one. Deuce X Machina. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Deuce. Deuce. I'm a deuce guy. <laughs> I, I have I there's no question in that. Are you email. also a deuce guy? There's no there's no question in that email. Oh. <laughs> Rob Eagle. It, ju- it just it was. It, it, you just wrote the story. Where, where's the where's where's Chekhov's gun? Where is it? don't know jared is it coming i don't know is it coming is everyone waiting is there gonna be another email um is are the taps in my house gonna blow crikey shit i'm scared i I mean that would be pretty cool if he did have control over your pipes no if you know what i mean (laughs) You you don't know what i mean i don't i don't know what you mean and you don't want to? No. No. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I mean, it's nice to hear from all of our friends, Jarrett. It is. And it's also... <laughs> See, they've missed you. They missed me. Um, it's also good to, you know, get along to uh, what, you, what you've been creeping on. You've... Um, you wrapped it, I hear. I did. I did indeed wrap it. Um, I could go as far into it as you want or as little. I mean, mm-hmm. so far, the viewers don't know this, but we've been having some technical difficulties, so I don't know how far I'm even allowed to get to. Yeah. So, see, so far, I don't know if so we're far, even able to record the episode proper. So far, so good, but or is it still the same for you? Uh, same for me. Same for me. Currently, you look like an androgynous blob. Ooh, that sounds good. And from my, from where I end and you pick up is about three to four seconds off, which isn't a big deal, but it does, you know, sometime impede your uh, our 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 banter. But uh, I yeah. mean, we can give it a go. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so would, would you goody? I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to do here. I, you know what I mean. I have another computer here available. I could try that if that makes oh uh, if that would be better. But Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck it. 
You you tell me <laughs> or about Star Trek Voyager season six, and uh, every once kay. in a while I might interrupt, but you'll never know. It'll just suddenly you'll hear my voice. But okay, do it. I I can do that. I I suppose. You got you have time. You got okay. You, well, you, but as time goes on, you, your memory of these episodes will fade and fade. And uh, yes, I be... don't think that'll make a difference. Probably not. But uh, yeah, okay. I can. Uh, I'll hit you with some Voyager, and you, you just stop me at any time okay. because uh, uh, I, I can do all of season six. I can do five episodes. It don't matter to me. So okay. All right. Uh, uh, I'll talk about season six, and uh, you jump in whenever you feel like. Okay. So season good. six last last you heard was uh, I did the first three episodes with Jay Peterson. So I'm on six oh four, and six oh. Four is horny daydream doctor two out of four stars okay and this is a tinker tenor doctor spy which has a really high rating actually on um uh on imdb and i I imagine voyager fans are really into this i thought it was fine it's it's okay like maybe a high two maybe not but um this is where the doctor starts to uh like he's like daydreaming and it's like when he daydreams that there's the emergency command hologram, which actually comes in like later in this series too, where it's like if everyone else is incapacitated, he gets command of the ship. Uh, but it's also like he has like daydreams where like Bomana and Janeway and seven and basically any female on board is like obsessed with him to the point where they fight over him. So he's just really horny. Um, so it's it's not bad. Um, you also get introduced to like these kind of like chunky fat guys who are they actually they remind me a lot of Doctor Who villains for some reason, uh, and they 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 have a couple uh, pop ups here and there. But uh, it's it's a, it's an okay episode. It's got a super high rating. I I don't think it's that good, but uh, it's up there. It's up there, Jared. So we got that one. Uh, then we have six oh five. Um, Tom Paris gets catfished by a ship again. Low two out of four stars. Again. Um, again, yeah, he's been catfished by like a ship or an AI of a ship more than once, more than twice even. This is like the third time, I think. Uh, so this is almost like a needful thing situation where it's like people are given what they want. And uh, Tom Paris is given like this this ship and he's all about ships and like 50s muscle cars. So he's just like, oh, I love this. This is amazing. Uh, but uh, he's doing that. And then all the while, I think Bavana like comes to, she like talks to Janeway about it or something. And then Janeway blows it off. And I was like, Janeway, uh, she's really doubting the abuse cycle here. It's not a good look, Janeway. I don't, I, I don't know if you'd like this. Um, but yeah, this is, it's a Tom Paris computer ship episode, which we've had a few of already. So nothing new. <laughs> Uh, I have to ask. Uh, six oh six. But I have to ask, yeah. RJ, is there uh, any Harry Kim episodes in season six? Y- yep, there's one at least. Okay, good, good. I'm glad. See? Yeah, there's one at least. Uh, that it's near the end though. I saw. Let's see if we get there. Um, six oh six. Tuvok becomes an invalid. Two out of four stars. Ooh. Ooh. So here, this is episode Riddles, and here's the description. Sudden contact with a cloaked and extremely xenophobic race leaves Tuvok brain damaged. 
Neelix puts himself in charge of his rehabilitation. Is uh, it's not it's not a bad episode. Uh, Tuvaka he so he doesn't have the logic training of the Vulcans anymore. So he's like experiencing emotions and joy and things like that. And it, it's not bad. Um, but it depends on how you feel about Tuvok and Neelix because it is uh, it's their show. This whole episode it's it's all about them. So your mileage may vary. It's okay. It's okay, Jared. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, six oh seven. It's okay. Six oh seven. Uh, big head guys. Two out of four stars. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, Jared, but there's a real trend here on uh, uh, the star rating for this thing. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm picking up episodes. on it. I'm picking up on it. Uh, and it's it's mostly it's just they're they're just all kind of okay. Uh, this episode's called Dragon's Teeth. An encounter with aliens in subspace corridor leads Voyager to take refuge on a radioactive planet with the remnants of a civilization tucked underground in stasis chambers. So they waken up these people uh, that like th- they've been in stasis for like I don't know two thousand years or something, and all the surrounding cultures are like, oh yeah, those are bad dudes. Uh, we were happy that they were dead. And Voyager's like, uh. We're going to do our diplomacy here. We're going to revive these people. And then the first thing that the people do is try to take over Voyager. So you're just like, hmm, maybe you should listen to the uh, the people. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, these are these are lessons being handed out for for free through, through this show. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, generous of the creators of this this program. I know. I mean, this is a, it's raising your kids for you, man. Mm-hmm. It's raising your kids. Uh, 608 Space Orb zaps Chakotay. Two out of four stars. Oh, dear God. So this is this is an Apollo episode, and it's like one of those Earth history ones. It's like it was the first mission to Mars, and we found it. It's in the gam- or Delta Quadrant. And uh, Chakotay is really into it for some reason, but he gets zapped, and then, and then he's not interested anymore. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is, Jarrett. Um, six oh nine, seven plugs into the Matrix. High two. Ooh! Wow, almost the three. This episode's almost the three. This episode's not bad actually. Um, so uh, seven gets like something's going on where like she she creates a new program for herself so she can work while she's sleeping basically but all it does is it makes her like really paranoid and it makes her live alternate realities kind of it's actually not bad like so she in one of them she thinks that like Janeway is conspiring against everyone and then in the other one she thinks Chakotay is conspiring against everyone so she goes tells each of them individually that the other one is conspiring and it's like uh, like you know you know nothing's gonna come to a head in this, but uh, it's not a bad episode. It's it's good to see uh, Seven do this like kind of conspiracy theorist thing. Like she's basically like she's like wearing tinfoil hats almost, and you're just like that's kind of fun. It's kind of neat. So not not a bad episode, Jared. Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, and then we have six ten. Barkley's back, baby. Three out of four stars. What the streak is over? Streak uh, the streak of twos, which was about ten episodes long, is over. So this episode takes place all on Earth, Jarrett. 
It's a Barkley episode. You remember Barkley? I know Barkley. So Barkley has since left uh, the Enterprise, and he is working on the Pathfinder project. So he's part of the Federation trying to find a way to get Voyager home faster. And uh, you get a Deanna Troy appearance in this episode. I think you even get uh, Jordy LaForge might be in this one, but I can't remember. Uh, but Deanna Troy for sure is. Uh, and um, Barclay's telling a story about how he like became interested in this project. And then he has a holodeck program where it's Voyager and he goes and hangs out and he's the coolest guy on Voyager. So classic Barclay. Because he's a, he's a holodeck pervert. Because he's a holodeck? Car- yeah, he's a holodecker. Well, so he, he, well, yeah, he, he loves a, being he, on there. He's a holodeck pervert. Mm. I didn't hear that part. Yeah, he is a holodeck pervert. Yeah, he, and there's mention of that too, where where people are basically just like, "Hey, man, you better settle down with the holodeck." And he's like, "No, I like it." Yeah, in his first appearance, actually. So you're like, all right. Yes. Yep. So kind of a weird one, a weird one. But anyways, uh, not a bad, um, not a bad episode. I liked it. It was good. It was good. Uh, but then we get the next episode, Jarrett, which is introducing uh, something that comes up, I think, once to two more times. Um, so you know how Voyager is all about hollow novels and things like that? Yeah. Uh, this this episode, uh, they make a uh, Irish village, and uh, all, everyone on Voyager is really obsessed with this. And uh, I call – so this is 611, and I, I called it um, – Uh, it is, this Sorry. is not good. I do not it, like it, this. Stuff. I, I missed everything we were up to the point where you said, I called it, and then I never heard anything after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so 611 is horny Janeway, Jane Eyre, or some shit. <laughs> and that's a one out of four stars. Cool. So, like, there's there's it's like this jane air like era stuff but it's an irish village and janeway goes in there and she becomes like in love she she's in love with the bartender there and then uh he becomes sentient like moriarty style it's it's not good yeah it sounds awful awful. it's just well and it's it's been done so many times now like in the star trek like franchise this like I'm, i'm just like i don't care about these sentient holodeck characters anymore like and i know the doctor is a sentient hollow program hologram but it's like i don't care anymore and janeway always gets like real in love with them and you're just like but then like something happens and you're just like have you not learned anymore like move move past you know move past this shirt so that's not good no um you still with me should i, I am. keep going uh sure Give me, okay. give me a couple more. Okay. A uh, 612, uh, reverse first contact, three out of four stars. Jared. What? So this was a surprise for me. This is called Blink of an Eye. And uh, I, I'm surprised, actually. This has a really high rating on IMDb. Usually, I'm like, I, me and IMDb don't match up, but. Uh, Chakotay and Seven of Nine get stranded on a planet that is just populated by like early age indigenous people. And uh, they find that the planet is 
protected by an alien shield so that people can't get into it. So, like, Chakotay and Seven think they can never leave. Chakotay likes being there because he's learning, like, he's kind of like... He's like I. He's like an anthropologist kind of thing. He's like I like studying like histories and stuff like that. He's like these like the people indigenous to the planet. He's like I can communicate with them. Like he, he he works really hard to like make physical gestures with them. Uh, and then while this is all going on up on the ship, uh, the the actual planets around that are warp drive capacity. So like Voyager's talking to, they're like, yeah, uh, an alien species put a matrix on the planet so we can't get in, but we want to. And uh, Janeway's like, oh, okay, that's weird. Um, Seven of Nine breaks down the force field. Those people go in and they start raiding the planet, basically, for resources. And then Janeway's like, oh, that's why there was a a thing up here to stop you. So uh, they get them off and then they reestablish the force field so they they can the people can be left alone there. But uh, it was a it was a cool episode. The only the only thing is like uh Chakotay and J- uh Seven's presence like influences their history which I guess is like the opposite of what they wanted where when they leave all, they all have the Chakotay tattoos on their face so they're like mimicking uh kind of but uh yeah so it's just like it's like it's, it's kind of it good it's, it's that like they the, went there it doesn't seem to be it's like the episode where uh the little, it's like what? The little boy uh pretends to be Data mm-hmm similar to that a little bit um it's a good episode though i actually i I like this one it was it was a good watch good watch yeah all right uh one more 613 okay 613 is doctor seduction two out of four stars uh actually so this is a high two this one this episode's not bad um this episode uh they encounter a race of people uh who uh don't know what singing and song is and the doctor sings and they become infatuated with him. So they get him to, uh, become like an opera performer. It's, it's, it's a pretty fun episode. It's a, it's a good doctor episode. It's not like, um, it's not a four star affair or anything like that, but it's definitely a high two. I think depending on how you feel about the doctor, you could say a three even, but, uh, it's kind of, it's fun. Like the doctor gets kind of swept up in it and he wants to leave Voyager, which is a trend that happens a lot from here to the, the end of the series where it's like the doctor is always just trying to leave and like do his own thing and at one point later on i'm just like it's like they should have just completely shut down the doctor like in season one because it's like he he creates a lot of problems and you're just like i realize he's a sentient being and all that kind of stuff but uh he creates a lot of problems for voyager that would have been completely avoidable if they didn't give him so much free reign but uh no it's it's pretty good opera singer just like you just like me just like you baby so anyways we can pick that up next week maybe okay or maybe we can't i don't know based on uh skype's performance yeah, maybe we don't is, pick it up ever this has been very exciting stuff on a time delay that's good ha- have i uh yeah i can hear you has it been uh pretty choppy I mean, when right. I when when we when we're not conversing, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit. There might just be a gap in between when I stop talking and you start talking or something, because uh, I think that's the issue. Yes, because I have to wait till you finish talking before I respond, unless I try to guess what you're going to say. Correct. <laughs> uh, you want to hear about uh, Criterion movies coming out in November? 
They, they announced these like a week yes. ago. <laughs> it's going to be great. Sure. Right, RJ? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's this is good. This is good radio. Anyway. Yes. Yes. We got five five movies coming out uh, November, but uh, I think three of them are re-releases. Well, two. Two are re-releases. Uh, we got La Strada, directed by Federico Fellini. So we're, that's coming to Blu-ray mm-hmm. or 4K. Who knows? That's that's a new thing. We've got Mulholland Drive coming to 4K. We've got Menace mm-hmm. Two Society from the Hughes Brothers. You ever seen that movie, RJ? And if you have, do you like it? It's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. And um, yeah, the Once Upon a Time in China complete films, which I'm assuming is a trilogy, which is actually mm-hmm. which is actually pretty cool. And uh, Citizen Kane, Spine, eleven hundred and four, doesn't really uh, roll off the tongue, does it? Not as much as number one. No. Or a thousand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They oh, really, well. They really fucked up there, I think. Really big time. Yeah. That's on them. That's, blood's on their hands. Mm-hmm. But this set is loaded. In what sense? Uh, Four discs. 4K. Blu-ray combo, uh, and it's like sixty dollars US. Uh, is that good? I don't know if you're if you want to buy this thing. If you still if if you're a person who buys Criterion's, you probably would buy this. You don't need my permission. You don't hmm. need my like stamp of approval. I guess imagine imagine those pixels though. It should look stellar. How many pixels are what are the pixels you want? Uh, 50 okay you want 50 pixels that's all no no more no less currently i'm working with about 10 so yeah i'm good yeah well you gotta you gotta bump bump those up nah 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 baby baby So, uh, any other news worth discussing? You were talking about Danny Villeneuve being pissed off, and you didn't watch this trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. That's okay. I didn't either. No, I just, Danny Villeneuve was mad, and I think someone needs to tell him to relax because people are dying still, and uh, to, uh, you know cool it and uh yeah spider-man looks like uh looks a little overpacked to me i think they're gonna try to do a bunch of shit and it's the ready player one stuff even though people don't realize it so that's my only news well they got nothing else they'll like it better because it's marvel so yeah well marvel's infallible right like they don't make bad stuff apparently nope never have but that uh uh, shang shay movie is coming out pretty soon right yeah, I have absolutely zero interest in the Eternals. Like, uh, no, I know people eat it Eter- up, but like Eternals. Oh, the Shang. Oh, you mean the Shang Chi movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Eternals, I don't have any interest in that. And then Shang Chi, like, I I did see like 
Twitter reviews, and it's the same bullshit always. Every movie uh, has a new the exact step for Marvel. Yeah, yeah. sick and action like scenes. Grounded. Yeah, some of the best action in the in the entire franchise, and you're like, I doubt it, but all right. It, it reminded me a lot of Batman Begins. <laughs> That's what they all say. Mm-hmm. Great introduction to the character. Interested to see what comes next. We all we all know his his dad's gonna be a bad guy, right? We all know Don Don is gonna be the baddie. That's that's what it's be. He's the Razal. He's the Razal Ghoul. Razal Ghoul. Yeah, he's Liam Neeson. The one and only. I, that's what I got from the trailer, anyway. Yeah, probably. I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah. So I don't know. I did watch the trailer for that. And I don't know. These 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 movies just they're going to exist no matter one way or another. So I'll watch. I'll experience them mm-hmm. via trailer when I want to. I agree. Why not? Cool. Well, uh, do you want to talk about hobos? Do they have shotguns? No, these ones do not. They get fluffy haircuts, though. Damn. No. Lions. They'll be lions. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can get behind that. Yeah. After the break, we take the cue of a certain lovable hobo and uh, jump into the river to drown. Tramp. What I wish. Tramp. You, you don't wear continental clothes or Stetson hats. But I'll tell you one doggone thing. It makes me feel good to know one thing. I know I'm alive. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Baudu Saved from Drowning from 1932, directed by Jean Renoir. Wow. The man. A tagline for this film, RJ. Mm-hmm. A, recently dis- re- oh, sorry. a recently rediscovered Renoir. Discover it for yourself. That's the tagline? That's a tagline. What was the original tagline? I don't know. A tramp. What a tramp? The, the only tramp? Watch out for the tramp stamp. Super tramp. Did you... I watched the three-minute introduction by uh, Jean Renoir, oh, yeah. and he talks about tramps a lot. Yes. So, apparently, this is the universal tramp. He's the embodiment of all tramps. Yeah. Is he, though? Allegedly. Get out of here. Get out of here with that shit. Allegedly. A synopsis from Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. 
Michel Simon gives one of the most memorable performances in screen history as Baudou, a Parisian tramp who takes a suicidal plunge into the Sienne and is rescued by a well-to-do bookseller, Edouard Lestignon. The Lestignon, whatever how this is pronounced, family decides to take in the, ir- the irrepressible bum, and he shows his gratitude by shaking the household to its foundations. Whoa! With Baudou safe from drowning... Legendary director Jean Renoir takes advantage of a host of Parisian locations and the anarchic charms of his lead actor to create an effervescent satire of the bourgeoisie. <laughs> so accurate, so relatable. This is this, ladies and germs. <laughs> this is peak John Criterion. This is when when John was like, "What should we have for this spine?" And he's like. I got an idea. Lighting his cigarette in the dark. He's like, Renoir. And they go, oh, we like it. We number, like no, it. He's number one. He's he's the first in the collection. Yeah, go yeah. on. Go on. What do, we, what do we want? He goes, homeless people. Have you ever, and, and they went, okay, yeah, we like this. We like this. Bourge- what else is- Bourgeoisie. Bourgeoisie. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Quite oh, beautiful. And, and what else? Satire. Oh, Satire. Sa- savage? Savage satire, <laughs> skewering, skewering satire, Jared. And then the last, the last one when he actually he just puts out his smoke, blows out. What else has it got? Rape. <laughs> and everyone goes, "What?" And everyone went, "Excuse me." And it's like, "It's all right. I already submitted it a week ago. It's already in the presses. Yeah. It's from 1932. It's fine. It's beautiful, beautiful." Yeah. And then everyone went, "Okay." <laughs> Uh, how many how okay. many how many units of this are we going to sell? <laughs> it's like I don't know. Gary's going to buy it no matter said, what. Said as many as we can make, they're going to sell. Let me tell you, they're coming out. So yeah, but Bodu Save from Drowning is a movie I'd seen actually before. Why? So this movie's got one of those reputations. It's kind of um, being amazing. Mm, amazing might be a bit strong, but it's kind of an interesting uh, selection, or even like one of the stronger movies from the 30s. That does, sure. I, it pops up on a tons of lists. It has a pretty nice poster where yep. it, it looks like a guy wearing a hat, but he's not. He's he's that's his hair. He's got funny hair, mm-hmm. but you can't tell until you watch the movie. It's Michael Simon, man. <laughs> Classic Michael Simon. What's Classic. Up? What yeah. a what a gut, what a character what a cut up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll talk we'll talk about him. Maybe we can talk okay. about him right this very moment. Whenever you want to, I guess. Well, so this is from our good friends of Wikipedia. Oh sure, Michel Simon, Michael Simon, whatever it is, was mm-hmm. at various times a boxer, a boxing instructor, a right wing anarchist, a frequenter of prostitutes, pimps. And petty crooks. He's a frequenter mm. of pimps and petty crooks. He was okay. extremely well-read, a talented photographer, a hypochondriac, a misanthrope, owner of a vast collection of pornography, and oh, wow. with a reputation for unorthodox sexual behavior, which he did not bother to deny. Sounds like Howie Mandel a little bit. The, Maybe not the sexual behavior stuff, but... Uh, the you know. writer Richard Boston has stated that, 
quote, whether or not he was a pleasant man, he was certainly a complex one, with a good deal of Baudu in him, and Renoir calls Simon a, quote, a genius of an actor. Baudu was conceived primarily to make use of the genius of Michael Simon. That's what he says. That's what he says. It's definitely what he said. He says, he said he, he made Badu just for Michael Simon. And he said well, he watches the movie now and he doesn't even know that uh, he made the movie. He'll forget. He just, he sees the greatest actor of all time, Michael Simon. That is a, a hard eye roll from, uh, from me. Because <laughs> it's too good, my accent? Or? Oh, no. The, these these words. Oh, the words. Those are true. That's what he said in the the three yeah. minute intro of him. Oh, man, but yeah, you know, nothing says Criterion like 1932 French social satire comedy of manners. Renoir. I mean, yes, yes, truly. No, truly. So, um, this movie opens up with our the bookseller Lavignon, mm-hmm. and uh, this dude is a perving old paw dog he's just what? groping at these young housemaids and like grabbing them by the back of their head as he's like mm-hmm. supposed to be caressing them gently he's just like i'm gonna hold you in place and then like i'm not gonna grab your tits but i'm gonna like paw around them because this is 1932 yep. we're decent people yeah there's also the mention of just so you know that he is a good guy he says he says i'm here as long as your youthly body consents. And you go, oh, yeah, he's for consent. That's good. Right, Jarrett? Because that's what that's the most important thing. He's the hero. Yeah, he, yeah, he, no. he got consent, and he is our protagonist for this evening. So I don't know if you found this watching this movie. This movie feels a little rough. A little, it's, a little, it's a little choppy. Sure. It's a little choppy. Sure. Because um, you have this, like, home scene the, the domesticity of this like elaborate house slash bookstore. Yeah, it's strange. Like, uh, so it's like a first edition bookstore, but sure. uh, they live up top. I mean, that's, that's not. It's the it's the yeah. continental way. Sure, sure, sure. I, but, yeah, it's it's very movie setty though. It's like clearly not a, yes. a space. These houses would not be that big. I don't. I don't think. Well, they're middle class, Jared. Yeah. Yeah, they they are they are so. Uh, we have the house scene, and then uh, Buddy's sister shows up. Buddy, and, yeah, yeah, or the 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 bookseller. Oh yeah, his sister just kind of pops in, and then suddenly it's like boat, <laughs> like it just cuts to a boat. There's no rhyme or reason, and suddenly you're just like, oh hey, there's a now we're at the lake, Riverside. It's just like it's so jarring. I was just like, what the fuck. I think I think the word you're looking for, Jared, is disjunctive. But it's but it's not purposefully disjunctive. I think it's not just it's just sloppy. It's nineteen it's nineteen thirty two film pacing where somebody was like, "This is a comedy. It doesn't it, we're just going to slam this here right now because we got we got to introduce uh, Bodu." Mm-hmm. Um, hey, do they? Yeah, they do. Uh, Bodu's got a dog. Yes, he does. No. Yep. Yeah. What kind of dog is it, Jared? Uh, brr, what type of dog is it? Is it a poodle? It's, it, it's almost like, yeah, it's kind of like a French poodle, but it's got very, very shaky hair. So, like, yeah. I'm not sure if it is a poodle or not, but, uh, looks like a poodle. Yeah, looks like a poodle. Yeah, who's like doing, there's just a scene where it's like the dog doing whatever. It's like, oh, that dog, <laughs> the dog's going into the water, it gets wet, and then, like, 
kind of runs, runs off. and runs off, and you're just like, oh, that's it. So that's that, eh? No problem. No problem. Yeah, and you're like, okay, that seemed random. It's like, did they film this footage of this dog and then put it in because of its beauty? It's to. And it's well, I think it's to it's show not... that the dog runs away, right? Kind of. I mean, because it, it kind of like it goes in the lake a little bit and then it takes off and then in the next scene Badoo's like hey where is my dog and then uh, we have Bodu he's just chilling mm-hmm. rambling on no there's no he doesn't fret he just seems like a, a man who just you know in his place being living on the streets yeah <laughs> sleep sleeping wherever he can. He's content with what he has. Yeah. Uh, so my my first uh, note here about uh, m- oh my, my, m- Michel Simon's uh, performance. Uh, that's some real bad drunk acting. Uh, I mean, it's it's sh- it's, it's it's bad. It's broad. I, yeah. I, I'm like, what, what what are we am I supposed to believe? This guy is drunk. He's not just like being a bad drunk, at, like actor performing his that whole, way. His whole kind of um. His whole kind of physical presence to me, it doesn't actually like it never came off drunk to me. I just kind of thought I was like, I think this guy has a mental illness. And like, cause he like stand like the way he like moves around. I was like, but I don't know if that's what they're going for. No, you I know think, what I mean? I, I think it's uh, the performance of, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm a stumble bum. It's funny. Stumble bum. Yeah, he's got a, uh, he's got a strange way of him. And then he, comes across the police and he says my dog's missing i'm trying to find my dog and the guy's like you're gonna be missing pretty because, soon if you... because the the yeah because the dog leaves him for food uh well so uh the dog tries to take a bite of his food and he says get away from me yeah and then he tries to throw him some food he's like oh okay i'll share but the dog already runs away yeah it's not explained past that, but yeah, he's trying right. to find his dog. He asks the police, and the police are like, "Hey, we'll lock you, we'll lock you up if you keep bothering people." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "All right, I guess I'll just leave." Yeah, and then we get we, then we get some like real insight, some of that biting satire. Uh, mm-hmm. An attractive blonde woman whose ten thousand dollar dog is missing versus a hobo with a street dog missing. The police are far more attentive, and they they call for help, and they want to put a lot of effort into it. It's like whoa, I mean, <laughs> to the bone, RJ, to the bone. Well, when I saw that, I was kind of like, well, no shit. Like, you know, there's good people in the world that's like, can you help me? Like, just in general. It's like, yeah, I'll help you. But there'd be people that's like, can you help me? It's like, I'm kind of busy. It's like, there's $10,000 in it for you. They'd be like, yeah, all right. I guess, well, I, guess no, I can push well, there, back this meeting. There's, there's no promise of money being exchanged. But she's no, saying, there's not. She just says, my dog's worth ten grand, and I'm, yeah. and I'm who you value in society, not a homeless guy. And it's like, yeah. whoa, man. It's like, yeah, it's, that's exactly what happens. And it, it's not fair. It sucks. But yep. I don't know. It, to me, it's just kind of like, yeah. I guess some people would be like slapping their knees pretty good in uh, 1932. Is this a comedy film, Jarrett? It is, RJ. Really? Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Uh-huh. That's kind of like how we're allegedly a movie film podcast. No, we've never said that we were. People mm. people have misattributed that to us. We've never mentioned that we were a movie or entertainment podcast. We just exist. Oh, then, but then we get even some more of that sweet satire that we all signed up for uh, long ago. Well, like the the kid who gives the homeless guy money. 
Yes. And because Darren's like, hey, give him money. He deserves it. And then he takes the money and gives it to a rich guy. <laughs> oh. And then Renoir went, got him. Yeah. Smoked him. <laughs> Shit. But it's because he's, he's going to go kill himself. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't yeah. need it anymore because he doesn't have a dog. He's so sad. And now you're like, aw, poor hobo. But then, <laughs> so but then. He, he like falls in the water or like is trying no, to. He ca- jumps in. Okay, he jumps in. I don't know. If maybe he's gonna have a bath. I I didn't get well, I, I didn't get I didn't get those suicide vibes myself. Well, so the thing, Jared, is that Renoir shot that with a long lens, the kind you would use in Africa when you were shooting lions from far away, and he really wanted to kind of push the boundaries. And then he he's talking about this in his intro, and he says, "I apologize." I shouldn't be talking about technical aspects. You probably don't care, but maybe you do. Mm-hmm. And then well, he says, well, anyways, that's do. the voodoo scene. And they do care. Walking on the bridge. I mean, it's implied that he's trying to kill himself because when they save him, there there's all the talk of like, well, we did this for you and this for you. He's like, I didn't want that. I didn't want any of this. He's like, I just kind of wanted to be. Yeah, and I don't buy that. I don't buy any of this shit about this movie. I, I don't, I'm not a... I, 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 John Renoir, this yeah. is a, this is a big old miss from him, from him even, even by Ren, even by Renoir standards, I think this is like a big whiff. So this this movie follows up with so the bookseller saves him because he happens to be like looking out the window at this very moment. He's like, oh my god, and then everybody just runs out there and they're just watching this man drown again, biting, and this this bookseller is the one who jumps in, who you kind of see as like kind of a a womanizing cad, uh, this kind of, I don't know, round-faced, double-chinned, punchy bookseller. Suddenly, they start presenting him as, like, this hero that does this thing. I don't believe in it. And then he saves the hobo, <laughs> brings him back to the house, and then suddenly hobo just turns into, like, lungy rape guy that everyone's okay with. And you're like, what the fuck? It's like, the first 20 minutes of this movie establishes character so totally differently and then as yes. soon as he gets into this house he completely turns on a like a dime and you're like what the fuck yep well maybe Jarrett, maybe that's a metaphor or a satire for another thing about how like you know like society and middle class society changes a person and maybe not in the best way but instantly it's <laughs> there's no ramp up it's not like Oh, well, that's the satire part of it. Oh, yeah. I see. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. It can be dumb now. Okay, sure. I, I'm not sure. sure. That's fine. Um, uh, there, so you get like whatever our, our uh, uh, recovering Bodu, uh, yeah. and he's like, she's like, I think is it the, is it the housekeeper? And he's uh, like, and she's well, like, yeah, she's. Yeah, she, she's like the housekeeper and, and, and maid. Yeah, and, and, he, and he just like, and then Bodu's like, she's a nice girl. Is she your daughter? And he's just like lunging at her with his hands. He, <laughs> he does lunge at her. And he's just and like, then, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow, slow your roll, my dude. Well, then like Legas Throne or whatever, he's just like, oh, you scamp. Mm-hmm. You scamp. He said, you keep your hands to yourself, buddy. We're going to take care of you. He goes, we got you. You're you're good here. You're gonna lie. you're gonna be good for a yeah. while. Yeah, we got you. Um, my next note here is some real John Criterion action. This oh, is yeah. this whole deal. This whole movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I really don't understand how he is depicted as this nice old bum with a dog 
and being a total piece of shit once in the house. Like, I mean, instantly. the dog, the dog is there for like three seconds of screen yeah. time, and it's gone. Well, and it's like completely, it, like, yeah. That this yeah. is this is not Umberto D. This is no, uh, and this movie predates that. But you watch Umberto D, you go, oh yeah. There's like a lot of scenes of like parks and and old men with their dogs and I'm like yeah I'm down with that and then this movie is just like oh he's got a dog and then it's like oh he's it's, here's this, this guy like, I want to see some sort of arc and it's like no this movie presents like ah nah some homeless people are garbage <laughs> and mm-hmm. you shouldn't help them <laughs> that's the lesson to be learned and then there's other lessons like you see uh, they'll drag you down to their level <laughs> Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And what else, what else we got here, RJ? It, 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 this, uh, like this, less so, than so, what? So, so the bourgeoisie family are like, we're going to make him better. And that's uh, what they say. Yes. They say we're really going to fix this guy. But they're all going to they're all, they're all going to get banged by him. It's, it's kind of like the Pretty Woman thing, right? Like this is essentially a makeover movie. Is how I saw it. Yep. Uh, but it, it takes a weird turn later on. But mm-hmm. it, it is it's it is just it's a makeover movie. And I think that they what they think it says is a little bit different from how it comes off. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> but it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's a knee slapper, Jared. Oh. It's a complete knee slapper. Mm-hmm. You ever slapped your knee while watching a film? A rib tickler. Right, That's news to me. Right in the gribs. So, like, some of the things that happens is um, in taming him, uh, he gets a shave, he gets a haircut, uh-huh. gets a nice suit, but, uh, but but he's still spilling that wine, and he gets admonished for it, and, uh, you know. Spitting in things. Yeah, yeah, he just doesn't know how to contain himself. He's un- uh-huh. so unruly. He's, uh, he's what you would call a free spirit. I am. Yeah, I believe um, old Pauline Kale. You know, you remember her, right? She, Unfortunately, uh, she uh, said he's like a he's like a proto hippie. He's like a hip because she was writing in the '60s and says, "Oh, this guy's like a hippie." And I think most people go, "No, he wasn't." Yeah, I was gonna say I don't agree with that at all. He's not a hippie. He's just he's just a shitty guy who does whatever the fuck he feels like. <laughs> Maybe that's like the real lesson to be. Just to be shitty? Yeah, be a repo. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's not what I said. Those aren't my words, but I guess. Wow, that's that's what I feel. Red that's what the film is telling <laughs> is us. Is that Renoir's intent? <laughs> maybe. Like, maybe. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, anyways, you keep going. You keep going. Well, no cap. So how do you think this story should end? So I I mean I think he should die in the end. Well, he's supposed to get so he get he's going to get married. They're going to marry him off to the housemaid because he he wins the lottery. Yeah, but what, but, ha- what happens before he can marry the housemaid? Um, maybe he's insatiable to a degree. Oh yeah, well there's like the matter of him um, raping his uh, bookkeep the the bookseller's wife. Yeah, but Jared, just so you know, the way it's presented in this film is up front. It's very like, no, I don't want to. No, yeah. get away from me. Yeah. But then afterwards, it's played off where she stands up and 
kind of has a smile, flicks her hair and says, oh, <laughs> and the I think the message it's trying to send is and these these aren't my words. This is not in all what I think, but the message it sends is, hey, listen, sometimes you got to work through the no because they're going to be happier afterwards, which is what I think is what they're saying in this one. Right. Because she becomes infatuated with him later. And it's just like, I don't think that's what we should be promoting. Even in the 30s, it's like, it's like, was this the best idea to do this this way? Or, Well, I mean, it's the stuff of comedy, RJ. Well, for sure. It's, it's, it's really um, upsetting those social norms. It's like a sitcom, maybe. Thou shall not rape. I mean, it's kind of like, well, I mean, it's like that episode that Larry David pitched that one time for Seinfeld. It was like, well, what about the time that Kramer raped Elaine? But she was fine with it afterwards. And then the NBC execs, they went, unlike John Criterion's sycophants, <laughs> they went, yeah, I think we're going in a different direction. And sure. he's like, all right, fine. Be a bunch of prudes, man. I'm, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make a message here. And you go, and then you go, right. <laughs> you go okay he's such but, a he's such a scamp <laughs> he is a scamp he's a total scamp jared are we a couple squares rj are we just squares or like poo-pooing this mm. <laughs> no I, I i i would be hard pressed to find anyone who has a legitimate and convincing argument that it's good that he did uh, that it's too bad that aaron lang's not here this week this is this is his forte I mean, this is somewhat in his wheelhouse, mm -hmm. potentially. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think he would stand up for this one either, where it's just like, it's like, no, this guy, he, I mean, he rapes her, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. And then you go, oh, that's not what I wanted to watch in my movie today. And then, I mean, like, I think it, even more is just the implication afterwards, where, like, for it to be like, oh, she was into it, but she didn't know it at the start. And you're like, that's dangerous <laughs> well, I mean, it's a dangerous message it's, it's, to get it's, out it's there a good, it's a good thing i don't take lessons from movies i watch no you don't yeah but some do <laughs> well i mean i you feel, know, confirmation I feel like bias? I feel, yeah i mean but but that means that the, 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 the confirmation was being sought and then they're like aha here's the one movie that does that or a handful or society I mean that that is how it works, right? Yeah. People seek out this is like things a, that but, they this, want. But this is like a it goes to like a Pepe Le Pew, where people talk okay. about canceling Pepe Le Pew, who's the the amorous, insatiable French Ooh. man who just like I can't say no, I can't say no, you can't say no to me. I I know what you really want, and so it's like it's a it's comedy, rape is comedy, and this movie which is. To me, so far removed from a comedy, it's because it's nineteen thirties French comedy. Were you so you're telling me that you weren't you weren't hip smacking while watching this thing? Mm -mm. Knee slapping? No, no or tickling. No guffaws were had. Okay, okay, interesting. Did you interesting. did you make with the guffaws? I don't think I should say until it's my time. To I talk. see, I see. So, I mean. What what winds up happening at the end of this movie instead though is uh, mm -hmm. Bodu's like I've had enough of this crap, mm -hmm. and when they're about to get married, uh, he capsizes the rowboat and he floats away, and he goes back to his good old days 
sleeping out on the grass. Yeah. And uh they're like, I'm, I'm you can't tame the untamable. Uh it says just like a tiger man, doesn't want to live in a cage. Yeah. You can't help don't help them. It says some people don't want to be helped. So some of them just want to be left left that way. And then they go one day I'll, and then one day the same director will direct the river and everyone will still talk about Jean Renoir. I mean, people like, are still talking about Jean Renoir, unfortunately. Literally this very moment. Like someone is talking about Jean Renoir right now. How many more of these are in the criterion? Jean Renoirs? Many? I don't, many? Way too many. Yeah. That's a mistake. D- dreadful. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I these movies are just not what I want to watch ever not for us not for the boys not for the boys well not for me because i can only speak for myself yeah yeah i haven't i haven't commented yet on whether or not i i like this film yeah uh anyway hijinks are had in this movie sure they are sure Sure they they are. are yep uh apparently Renoir changed the ending of the play by René Fauchois. <laughs> um and it says where they get where they do get married at the end. Uh instead of let's see here, the play ends with the marriage of Baudu and Anne Marie, whereas in Renoir's film, Baudu escapes quote from the holy padlock and heads for a future of independent vagrant liberty. Initially angry, according to Renoir, Fassois threatened to have his name removed from the credits, but later changed his mind. And later said, like in fifty five, so you know, mm. twenty years later, I've just seen the film again and I admired it and I'm happy to say so. As a very okay. free adaptation of my work, Baudu belongs to Renoir. Baudu belongs to Renoir? Mm-hmm. He doesn't even remember making this movie. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> Was it Stephen King? <laughs> well, he wasn't riddled with coke and just found it done one day. No, he's he's like, when I play this movie, it, uh, I don't even remember making it. i just so enamored with his performance that I... Uh, it is the best. That's what he says. Yeah. Uh, so what is this movie based on this entire performance, this uh, alleged, uh, alleged. Uh, amazing performance that I couldn't like did nothing. Like it seems like, yeah, he's acting. All right. He's, he's a movie actor, but mm-hmm. no impression left. Maybe it's too subtle for me. Maybe I'm too stupid. Um, Maybe you don't know what metaphors are, dude. I, I think that is definitely true. Yeah. This guy doesn't know metaphors and, Frankly, it's sad. Yeah. So here we are coming back off of our two week layup and uh, right, yes. we're right back into it with this uh, this piece of cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a who is this here? There's a critic here, Richard Boston, who uh, Boston. Re- rejected the idea of Bodu had much in common with the hippies of the late 60s, as Pauline Kale had suggested. Uh, of course, like all great writing, Richard Boston begins with quoting the Oxford English Dictionary, saying Who that hippie is a hipster, a person usually exotically dressed, a beatnik. None of this sounds remotely like Bodu. Bodu doesn't reject conventional values. He never had them in the first place. Sounds like a trailer. Oh, shit. You wouldn't catch him doing anything as pussyfooting as, quote, rejecting conventional values. Rather, Boston argues Bodu is what the French call a marginal. Bodu is an anarchic, chaotic, and finally, a fool. An archetype. 
these agents of chaos act out our secret desires. If we see a big bum, we might want to kick it. Chaplin does it. Laurel and Hardy, the Marx Brothers, Baudu, and Hulot are the enemies of conformity, of what can be regulated. They are the awkward squad. Chaplin does it? Yeah, he... Don't you remember all those, like, that, those times he, like, raped women? Oh, in, yeah, in, how could I forget? In, 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 in the movies? How could I forget? Yeah, but, I mean, he, he was Hardy. more of a scamp. He, well, he's a tr- he's a tramp. Well, lady in a tramp, if you know what I mean, Jarrett. Isn't that spaghetti? No, there's no spaghetti yeah. to be had in this film. I mean, yet let's 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 not compare this Bodu fucker with the Marx Brothers. Come on. Yeah, that's fine. I I can I can do without. Come on, Hulo. Come on. It's like that's like that's bullshit. Uh, that that's like that's like no 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 no. To Hulo. Oh we, we. So anyway, uh, yeah, um, a big, big no thanks from me. Okay, RJ. Yeah. Well, but what did you think of Bodu Saved from Drowning? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna say something that might surprise you. Hard pass. <laughs> Whoa. Hard pass. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. I, I know you know that already, but uh, yeah. pretty much everything you said, I agree with where it's like, I don't find it funny. And it's like, I, I realize this is a 90 year old comedy film. So the comedy can be dated. I get it. But like, just when I like just now, when I popped up the uh, Boudou page so I can go to the who hates or who loves kind of thing, uh, I saw a bunch of like high, high stars and uh, people was like, it's hilarious. It's a nonstop riot. And it's like, is it? Like, I didn't, I don't think I, like, I don't know. I know you and me are, like, somewhat heartless at this point. But, like, um, <laughs> like I don't know. I, I find, like, I'm a lot more forgiving of comedy stuff sometimes than you are. Like, especially, well, maybe newer comedy stuff. But, um, yeah, I was like, I didn't find it funny at all. I don't care for the story. I think it's, like... The sitcom aspect of it is too ridiculous where this guy's like, I'm going to bring this hobo into my house. And it's like all under the the kind of like scapegoat mentality of like, I saved his life. So now I'm responsible for him. And you're just like, you're not not in that sense. And like they try to like they try to fix him up. And it's like, as soon as this guy started spitting and just like knocking shit over and stuff, I'd be like. All right, you can get out of here. Like, you're fine. <laughs> as soon as he's like trying to grab on the the women, it's like, all right, man, you could you can leave at this point. Um, but yes, yeah, so like I find I find the story itself just ridiculous because it's like I don't buy this number one. Um, but I, I, uh, mean, I get this idea that oh, it's poking at this idea that uh, you can the 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 that a rich man takes it upon himself to like change somebody but it's an unstoppable force that and it's and it's hubris see but that's like that's even that's even worse like things that are ingrained in our culture now where it's like you know these poor people they're you're never going to change them and uh, that's why we have these systems set up and it's just like I don't think that's how it works man it's like Maybe we just need a better system and a better structure to things where these people can get supports that they need. Is what? that crazy? Well, I mean, I guess this maybe goes to um, uh, social 
issues specific to 1932 France and dealing with these things. And like this idea of, you know, uh, this kind of weird, like rich people outreaching and thinking, well, all they have to do is be shown a better life and then it'll solve everything. And, uh, it doesn't, and it doesn't work that way. Maybe that's what they're pointing at. And that's like a, um, a sentiment I can agree with. However, I think that this is not a good depiction. It's not a good telling of this, of that idea at all. I agree. At all. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, there's, I don't know. There's just some stuff in here. You're just like, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. And like, we've already mentioned, but like the, uh, the casual rape scene, I I think that's just like, that's just outright not good because you're just like, man, you're really trivializing this. And, to the point where you're like, you're making it look like it's good. Like people should go do this. And it's like, that's even worse. So that's not great. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know, man. Like, I don't, there wasn't anything in this where I was just like, I fucking hate this shit. Like real aggressive or anything. Like no. that. I was just like, it's like, I just don't like this. Like, yeah. it's just not, it's just not good. Like for me. So, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I, I it's a strange one. When I rated this originally, when I watched it, I gave it three stars, which I feel yeah. like is a polite. Uh, the the old polite Jarrett uh, gave that type of thing. Like, well, yep. it's, you know, it's Criterion. It's uh, it's some uh, interesting uh, elements. Three stars, and it's like kind of yep. a quote away saying, "Don't watch this." <laughs> and now I'm just like, nah. No, 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 yeah. no. Well, I, I might know you more better than other people, but a three-star from Duncan, like early day free, three stars is like, you can watch this, but it's not going to be anyone's favorite movie. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, I, I agree with that to this point, but apparently it is a bunch of people's favorite movies. And it's just like, I don't really get that, but okay. No. Um, so, yeah. Any Anything else about... Uh the movie right at the moment because we have a we can throw to a 1986 retelling from uh, hollywood the superior version of the film is that what you uh wanted to say down and out in beverly hills from 1986 directed by paul mazursky starring bet midler richard dreyfus <gasps> nick nolte holy shit little richard what yeah so this is a movie this is a 1980s comedy it's got all the mm-hmm. it's all the trappings you would expect sure i've I'd never seen this movie before in my life good it's been on tv randomly forever mm-hmm. i'd see bits and pieces i feel like i've seen the ending with no context, like none. Because I'm like, like, this seems familiar. Like, when I was about to wait for another movie to start, it was, this movie would be ending. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why is Nick Nolte going into the... Why is he in this alley and going to this, like, rich person's backyard? Oh. And then I'm like, I don't know what this is about. So, um, so this is a movie. It's, like, kind of the same idea. Um, Very but, similar. But, but 80s-fied. Yes, it is. So, yes, it is. but it's kind of weird because it presents like Richard Dreyfus is like really knowing what's going on. Like he's like, I'm, I'm like kind of that, um, eighties Bill Murray kind of character who is like, I, I, I see there's problems here. I'm, I'm, I'm not just a, I'm not above it all. I, I know what the problem is, but I don't care. I sell, I sell hangers. 
I know what's going on, but I'm Richard Dreyfus. And then you go, dry, we know you're Richard Dreyfus. Dry, dry guy? We know. We know. So the Dreyfus. Um, mm-hmm. So he's married to Bette Midler. They have a um, kind of unsatisfactory marriage. They yeah, have, they're... They, yeah. Have, they have a nice big painting, uh, self, self-portrait, self but portrait of themselves. What did you think about that? Because I watched this film with Andrea, and she saw that painting, and she went, holy shit. Yeah, I think it's sweet. Uh, I, 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 I want to make a note of this, of how in movies, often these portraits of people, of characters in movies, are always awesome. I'm like, I want that. Like It's, yeah. like, the, it's like the ones in uh, Life Aquatic. It's like, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I want all these. I just, you could do it. No, I couldn't. These, these, are, these are too good. Um, oh. but anyway, so yeah, there's the jokes of like, oh, my son, he's weird. He's making, he's making bad film projects and I have to watch them. And they, they're, they're, like, it's like very on the nose of, yeah, this is bad film school stuff. And, but Dreyfus is like, this is my son. This is what I'm paying for, for his education. Hey, I mean, at least he was watching them though. Mm-hmm. People don't give him that. Like, I don't think anyone give him the credit for that. He was watching. But that is the the joke that nothing like that should ever be paid attention to. And then they present the most cliched version of it, which does get made. However, yes, that they kind of present it as like, well, this is for the <laughs> man. What's wrong with these kids these oh, days? Oh, oh. It's so unconventional. Um, and then we have uh, Nick Nolte. Who what is, about him? He's playing Nick Nolte. Well, the one thing that's really I noticed from a physical element of Nick Nolte and uh, Michel Simon is these guys both look way too healthy to be like homeless, homeless? guys. Yeah, like because like, they yeah. they're, they're, they're they're taking off their clothes all the time, and these guys are like in great shape. Well, I mean that's the mal- malnutrition diet. So one time, Jared, right out of high school, when I lived on my own. Uh, Andrew brings this up once in a while where when I was on the malnutrition diet, um, I didn't have a lot of money. So I only ate uh, frozen pierogies for dinner and Texas toast for breakfast. And then my main liquid consumption was monster energy drink. And I got very thin to the point where people were a little bit concerned about me, where someone kind of pulled me aside once and went, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I just can't buy food. And they're like, okay, here's a cheeseburger. And I was like, thank you. So uh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe they're just on that malnutrition diet. No, they're not, though. These guys are buff. Like, they, oh, they're, they're, oh. In ama- they're in amazing shape, RJ. They're like actor bodies. It's like Nick Nolte didn't lose any weight for this role. He's just yeah. like, he looks like he just like, oh, yeah. He's just a big hulking dude. And Michelle, Michelle, like, or, uh, yeah, Michelle Simon was like, same thing. It's like, this guy's in yeah. great shape. These are fine specimens. And they're, they don't look yeah. like they're living on the street anywhere because they're not. This isn't that Christopher, uh, not Christopher Nolan, uh, Chris, Christian um, Bale, Bale, where it's like, I have to live it. I have to live what it means to be homeless. <laughs> Maybe it's like, a, this sounds like, um, <laughs> do you remember we were talking about when The Last of Us 2 came out and there was that criticism where people were like, she wouldn't have that kind of muscle tone. <laughs> in, in in the post-apocalypse world i this is a very those people were being extremely petty but i do yeah. agree with you yeah the, nick nolte's got a little too much going on for eating garbage all day <laughs> yeah he looks great i mean it's like, he does look great yeah, yeah. He's, not, he's eating all that beverly hills food no so anyway um oh. so nick nolte's got a, he's got a little dog like a benji and his benji yeah. runs away with some like lady she's like oh i'll just yep. take you home and i was like where's my dog god damn and he stumbles around 
a citizen. Do you think he's a Vietnam vet? No, they don't. They kind of allude to like randomness of his distorted past of what he could yeah. be, and he, it's all bullshit because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah, okay. what, what the nature of the 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 Nolte beast is. What Jerry? What's his name? Jerry Baskin. Jerry Baskin. Okay, I just because like when he when he gets kicked out of that mall when he's looking for his dog, he's like, "I'm a citizen." I was like, "That mm-hmm. sounds like." vet talk you know what i mean yeah so what are the names what's the family name of the dreyfus clan okay i can look it up david white man david white man yep and was bet midler date uh bet white woman barbara whiteman what a what what an indictment of everything you know is that did you find that skewering when you were watching this? <laughs> well, it's 80s broad. Let's just say that. Did you read the tagline for this film? Oh, no. I can do that right now. On the poster? S- well, see what happens when a dirty bum meets the filthy rich. <laughs> I didn't see that before, but I, I <laughs> it's good. I like it. It's a dirty bum. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> I want to hear about that. Yeah. Um, so, anywho. I, yeah. I, I kind of you kind of assume that this movie is going to be like uh, slobs versus snobs, yeah. And there's like a touch of that, but not really. No, it's more about uh, doing you know doing what feels right and being your own self, yeah. And not not a and also not a, banging Nick Nolte. Bang. Nick Nolte bangs everybody, but it's like everybody, everybody, everybody. Did, Except for, well, I don't know if he bangs Little Richard. Uh, we can't say for certainty. But he's working his way through. I don't, oh, yes. well, I don't know if he bangs the son. No, but like when, when he does get to the daughter, that was the only moment in this movie where Andrea and I kind of turned to each other. And we're like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's a little bit iffy. Yeah, with her anorexia. They're, they're talking well, about a bunch. Well, I mean, not and even, now, not now even that. He's like, ah, hell, this is going to go do this. Jerry. Jerry Baskin. Jerry. Mm-hmm. I gave her what she wanted, Jerry. I give everyone what they want. Oh, yeah. Want. Yeah. So this movie, it's very, it's kind of a mess. Like, in terms of, like, what's this about? It just stuff happens. And mm-hmm. there's a blueprint. And I don't know if it's just this this story and the way that they're approaching it with this character. It just doesn't click with me here either very much. This movie, of course, is, like, far more watchable than a 1932 French movie. But at the same time, I've watched some Paul Mazursky movies, which I have liked. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen that, uh, was it Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice? You, you, you know all about that one, right? Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite yeah. movies. Well, one I, of my I, I, I've yet to watch An Unmarried Woman, and I, uh, I've only seen bits and bops of Moscow on the Hudson. And that I've cool. and I've never seen scenes from a mall mm. starring Woodrow Allen and Bette Midler. Do you think people are eating off of other people's trays in that movie? Uh it's likely. Maybe they're it's eating probably. maybe they're eating right out of the garbage. This film's got a lot of that. There it's there got is. A lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Oh yeah. So I mean, one of my general feelings about the movie. It's like whatever. Mm-hmm. This movie made a lot of money in, in the box office, though. I think it, I'm not surprised at all. It, it doubled its budget uh, mm-hmm. for the time. Apparently, this was part of the Richard Dreyfus comeback. 
did he have a, a dip? He did. He did. Oh. And this was the beginning of him coming out of the dip. Oh, I didn't know that happened to Richard Dreyfus. That's too bad. When was What About Bob? Before or after this? After. That's, 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 way, that's, way after. That's, that's, yeah, What About Bob's 90s, man. Yeah, okay. What about Bob? What about Bob's a good show? Much better than Down and Out in Beverly Hills. They're both good shows, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're you're all soft on this. You're all soft. Uh, on I'm, this. I'm a little whatever. Uh, it's got the pretty good line of Richard Dreyfuss saying, "I ate garbage last night, Barbara, and loved it." Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. Um, good. Other than that, though, Nick Nick Nolte's just one of those guys that I think is kind of shitty. For the most part, yeah, but it's it's the kind that people like. Well, it's like forty eight hours and that stuff like that, like all the stuff that put him on the map and made him a star. I don't know about this Nick Nolte. I mean, he's he uh, had a rough go. He 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 works for me about like one fu- one out of five times. Uh, was yeah yeah that's fine. I mean, you don't need Nick Nolte to work more than that. No. He's in a lot you. of he's in a lot of movies. I've seen nineteen out of ninety two. Oh man, mm. have you ever, you ever seen U Turn? <laughs> no. Okay. I have not. Was so, it good? It's got Sean Penn. I haven't seen it since like nineteen ninety eight. But that's got Billy Bob Thornton too, who's way better than that. But uh, best, I think best Nick Nolte movie is Affliction. Uh, yeah, that movie's pretty good. Yep. The movie's pretty good. Yep. How have you seen the Nick Nolte film Hulk? I have the Ang Lee film. I have that movie is real bad. What about the Nick Nolte film? Uh, what's the fighting movie? The the man weepy movie. Warrior. Yeah, warrior. I, I, I don't even remember him being in it. He left my, no. He left no impression. My two sons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll say Hulk. If you say Affliction, I'll okay. say Hulk. Perfect. Just to just in, to keep things level. Affliction, you know? like my favorite clothing line. <laughs> you got the Ed Hardy Affliction shirts? That's right. You got lots of lions got, and, oh, like, oh, gen, oh, gems. A whole closet. Watching my Bodusi from Drowning in the next room. So before you continue anything, I'm just looking at this IMDb trivia page. Seven people found interesting. Ooh. Principal photography on this film started in May 1985. Wow. Seven people found that interesting, Jared. <laughs> I, I, not me, though. You, you, you're you, not interested in that? No. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, any other uh, hard feelings on uh, Down and Out? No, not really. Not really. Everyone winds up in the pool because the twist is instead of jumping into a river... He jumps. Uh, he jumps into a pool and tries to drown himself, like graduate style, kind of. And then he gets There's... saved. And then they're like, no. "We're gonna, we're gonna t- change your life, Jerry. You're gonna come work for me, Jerry. I'm, I make coat hangers, ex- exploiting uh, Mexican labor." Which, oh yeah, yes. by the way, I, I checked out Roger Ebert's review for this movie, who dropped a four star on this thing, and that's out of four. Oh yeah, big Roger Ebert loved this movie. And what oh, is yeah. in, in his description of this movie? In his plot summary, he refers to it as wet back labor, and uh, <laughs> I love the the new thing of RJ uh, taking a big drink before I drop 
the big I know he's going to blow something out his nose, which he is right now choking. He might be drowning. I might have to call an ambulance. I'm sorry. Hey, hey, I was just saying sorry to my cat. She was a little worried to me. Yeah, because she was oh a little my God. <laughs> Okay. So I wasn't expecting that. I, nor was I. And then when I read those words come to me and, and I'm reading it, I'm like, what the fuck? Why did the editor let this happen? But then the other one went Raj, like, come on, Raj. Oh, yeah. Hey, man. That, that, problematic. Different era, different era. You just tossed it yeah. out there normally. You're just like, what? In the comments, there's like one person, uh, did he just say that? What, what, he didn't just say that. Oh. He wrote it in like 1986 in a, you know, a syndicated newspaper. He thought about it, wrote it down, and then read over it again later and went, checks out. It's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that one uh, caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah. But... It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Cheese. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, but yeah, four stars. Good for you. Good for him. Four stars and four stars to RJ blowing pop out his nose. Man, I wasn't expecting it, Jared. Yeah. I was very surprised. Very surprised. We all were. (laughs) Wow. Anyways. Yeah. So this movie is like, fine, whatever. I, it didn't leave much of an impression either, but it yeah. seems to me that you were high on this. As I'm not surprised, I was hoping I was like, I was I honestly was way more excited about watching this than Bodu because yeah. I had seen Bodu and I was like, oh boy, I already know this is going to go down mm-hmm. with my with you know my famed love of Jean Renoir now here in 2021. Yes. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I wouldn't say I was. Um... I wouldn't say I was like high on this movie, but I had an enjoyable time watching this, especially because I watched it with Andrea and she was like, she was kind of into the eighties ness of this thing too, if that makes sense. And so we, uh, we had fun watching it together. Uh, like, is it a great movie? No, no. but, uh, it was fun to watch. Do you like those like, music, do you like those musical drops in this movie? Yeah. And actually one point, I, at one point I felt pretty stupid. Like the, I was like, man, this music slaps. So we, you get that talking heads thing. And I was like, oh, that's good. And then there was like, um, I love LA, like, and all that stuff. Yeah. And halfway through this movie, I went, where does this movie take place? <laughs> and, uh, and Andrew's like, what? And I was like, well, there's palm trees. I was like, was this California or Florida? And she's like, She's like, what are you talking about? It's California. And I was like, is it? What's, and then I was like, what, oh, what's wait. The, what's the title of this movie, RJ? I, I thought the title was Down and Out. I didn't even look at the Beverly Hills. I, I, well, I, I mean, I did. But I completely forgot about that. And then all of the music is L.A., California-based. And I was just like, yeah. Like David Lee Roth, California Girls? Yes, yeah. exactly. I, I, I figured it out eventually, but for a little while, I was like, huh, I was like, where's this movie take place? And then I was like, oh. It's a, that's, that's a real Gary Collection moment. Yes. Hey, do you want to do you want to hear something that 46 out of 47 people found interesting? Yes. Nick Nolte spent five weeks as a homeless person in preparation for this role. I was the 47th person. Who did not find that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Do you think he was actually homeless, or do you think he just no. spent his days on the street and then went into a hotel at night and had a good <laughs> yeah, meal? Right. And... Yeah, I don't. I doubt it. I mean, that's like whatever. That see, that's that stupid bourgeois shit. I mean, that guy was a superstar yeah. at that point, and I was like, oh, I want to see how they really live. Yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta get into my role. It's like okay. I gotta get in there. I want a story that's worth being told. You know, 
it, it, gotta get the get it out there. So change people's lives. What we're doing here is important. God damn it. Well, he did say, uh, what was it? Something really ridiculous where he's like, oh, okay, yeah. Here's a quote from your buddy, Nick Nolte. Uh, he liked this because, quote, he was, quote, pretty active politically in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the fluid that Nick Nolte vomits into Richard Dreyfus's face after being rescued from drowning was a combination of orange juice and beer. Cool. Nice. That's pretty cool. Um, did uh, you know this is the first film released by Disney to ever receive an R rating by the MPAA? I mean, within the first minute, there were some tits on screen, and I went, "Whoa!" Yeah, you you want to see some uh, Nick Nolte butt? Yeah. Oh, you you don't just see his butt. You see uh, you see some dangling <laughs> underneath, past the, his butt. Oh, the, do you, do you know what I mean? Balls. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you have some you have some bars. There's there's something. There's something. Uh bars. bars. Is that what is that the name for seeing stuff underneath? Balls and arse? Bars. Oh. <laughs> well I'm I was unfamiliar with this term. It's it's from the back. I know? see. And I was like, oh a little bit of bars going on there. No, it makes sense. I was just uh I wasn't aware that that's what it was. Now, now the more you know. And that, now I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This was a uh, this was fun to watch with Andrea. Um, there's some. It's kind of like a weird mix of uh, being being like racist and bigoted, but then also being very woke. Where it's just like it's like ah fuck these people. They suck. They're weirdos. But then also he's like, hey man, do what feels right. If you want to dress and drag, dress and drag. So it's kind of like this weird this weird back and forth between that. And you're like, Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, what do you think about this ending? <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I don't know what to think about the ending where so, so this, they just like, they let him back well, after well, all they want, they, well, yeah. So they, they want to, well, I don't yes. even know if with, what the, with the whole problem with this is other than like, um, uh, Richard Dreyfuss' character, Dave, he like mm-hmm. finds out that this Jerry guy, he's just, he's doing all this shit. He's like, railing his his uh his you know, wife his his wife his mexican uh housemaid maid House- that he's yeah. that his bang maid that he's like schlepping on the side in their house um yeah. and, and now he's banging the dude's daughter and wants to get and they're gonna get married and now he's like what scott's it's, it's too far but it's like well maybe that was the shake-up that this family needed and so at the end of it nook was like ah, i'm enough of this shit I'm done with you all. And then they're like, uh-huh. oh, you're going to regret it. You should come back. And then like, and then he's like going down the alley. And he's like, oh, you have some, you have some nice old pack pate from the garbage. And he's like eating it with his dog and the dog. Cause now he, cause the dog likes him better too. Mm-hmm. Like the family Everyone dog. Likes him Everyone likes him better. And then like the end, they're like, they come up the back uh, gate and they're all standing there looking very longingly, uh, yeah. dreamy eyes, including Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> And then it's like, mm-hmm. and then they welcome, and then they're like, yeah, come back in, come in. And he's like, ah, hell. And then he's, and he's, and then he's back. So I guess I got nowhere else to go. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah, and that's the end. And then, then once in a lifetime. That's the sound that happens in this in this film. Steel drum, steel drum. Yeah, it's not bad. Not a bad day. It's there. Yeah, it exists. Yeah. 
for sure. But, you know, bow do safe from drowning, am I right? Uh, again, hard pass. Hard pass. Uh, well, you want to hear from pass. some people who hate bow do safe from drowning? Sure, sure. Including Gary Collection. Oh, wow. What's he have to say? Uh, half a star. Those problematic French. Wow. Just wow. A vagrant wants to kill himself and is saved by an upscale gent and welcomed into his home. To thank him, Baudu bangs the maid, rapes his wife, and turns his household's morals upside down. Later, Baudu comes into some money, and instead of making reparations to this kind family, he fucking ghosts them and floats down the river to ruin some other people's <laughs> lives. Fuck the French and this type of message is humorous to them. At least Baudu kept trying to take a bath in the river. The French are not known mm-hmm. for that. And the collection nose dies further. <laughs> French are not known. Wow. P.S. You can also see this story in the 1986 biography of Nick Nolte. Oh, is I that true? I, I mean, I, 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 if this was an IMD trivia, I would like that. You, you would find that interesting. Yeah, this is a biography of Nick Nolte. Oh, you interesting. Would, oh, I interesting. <laughs> Nice. I like that, too. No, nope. I'm on board with all of this. Uh, for real reviews, at least, that we know of. Uh, sure. Per okay. half a star. Comedies that promote rape as a masculine and charming behavior is, with no doubt, the most infuriating type of film. One example sure. that comes to mind is John Hughes's classic 16 candles who now gets accompanied by critically acclaimed director jean renoir and his despicable character Boudou. never have i ever hoped so much for a character to face the worst possible fate imaginable and the film cannot even be kind enough to provide you with that pleasure Ooh, pleasures yeah uh, i mean i i don't think they're far off favorite films include black swan who's afraid of virginia wolf Pulp Fiction and Autumn Sonata. Whoa. Yeah. Um, True. I'll give you one more. Broil. Oh yeah, one of my one of my best friends. Half a star and, and a great way to finish off a lasagna. Oh yeah. This movie is ugly, mean spirited, crude, annoying, stupid, and frankly evil. <laughs> it is so bad that it makes me think less of Renoir's other works. The cinematography wow. is similarly uninspired, and every scene is loud and annoying. The work of a perverted edgelord with essentially <laughs> zero redeemable qualities. It also sure. pretends to be some sort of deep moral satire, but is done in an over-the-top way with insufferable characters that have no humanity. I wanted this movie to end during every second of its 85-minute runtime. Also, rape is funny in this movie. You probably didn't know it existed before reading this review, and you should forget it exists promptly after reading this review. Fuck this movie. I mean, yeah, that's how I kind of felt at one point. But uh, we got a big Tarkovsky fan over here, Jarrett. Oh, yeah? Nah, just Solaris. Um, But they also five-starred Showa and uh, Night of the Hunter, so what are we going to do? I've got a report here. Uh, Ryan Nagel logged Jackass number two. Like uh, like ten days ago, dropped the four and a half star on that, and just watched Heavyweights. I'm not sure if that's for the first time or a rewatch. I I think that's got to be a rewatch. Okay. Maybe just first time in a long time. Okay. What what did he hit the heavyweights? This is uh this is very important. Four stars. God damn. God damn. 
it's good to hear. It's it's just nice to hear that good people like good things. That, that, you know what I mean? That that gave me a one uh, two and a half stars from me. Heavyweights. Heavyweights. Well, yeah, but you're a bad dude, pretty infamously. Yeah, but at least, but I'm not, a, but I'm not a Bodu fan either. So. Yeah. Well. Mm, cool. Heavyweights. Well, what about broil? Uh, I don't know. I I think I already said. Yeah. Tarkovsky and stuff. Yeah. Hey, who hates Down and Out in Beverly Hills? Okay. Were you, were you going to do that? Nope, but we, we could. Kate Blackhurst said, I'm pretty sure I've seen this before, but even if I haven't, it was all underwhelming. We familiar. It's quite a nasty piece of 80s American capitalist propaganda promoting shallow lifestyles and negating the value of charity. I, I feel like it doesn't do that, but that's okay. I don't think so either. One of their favorite films is Three Billboards, though. So, um, oh, dumb, uh, dumb, racist horseshit. <laughs> From Armin A. N. Do you think that he knows about the Ebert review of this film? Mm, I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. Is this movie that offensive? No, it's not. It's I, not. I, I don't know. I I didn't. I to me, it's kind of like you know. Like this is 1986 Hollywood movie making, I guess. But like, I don't know. There's a lot of people talking about how if your English teacher ever gives you the prompt, well, write something where every plot point will age to the point of offensiveness. Just plagiarize this. Okay. I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I would have said to that guy? I would have went, enough. Enough. <laughs> yeah. Out. Get out of here. Go on. Get. Get. Go on, yeah. Well, any final thoughts on Bodu Safe from Drowning? As I said before, hard pass. After the break, we pray to John Criterion we never have to watch a Renoir movie again. But we know yeah. that won't happen. Yeah, it's much like much can. like actual prayers. Oh. If you were going to kill yourself by drowning, where would you go? You know, I feel like the death by drowning, the suicide by drowning, has come up a lot in the last two months. Not necessarily quite by us, but it has. Where would I go? Your house. 100%. 100%. I would break in while you're not home, and I would do it in your bathroom. That's brutal. That's awful. What a, yeah. What a, you. What, what a funny thing to say. 
Well, but if a uh, band comes to mo- uh, to hide the screaming as it's happening, then uh, it might be seen as comical nice. afterwards. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just don't try to rape anybody in my house. Well, again, if a band comes and it's it's covering up the noise, then maybe it'll be seen as comical. Waka, waka, waka. You can email in and don't don't email me about any of this. <laughs> but you can email about other things like food. We like food. Oh, waka wakas. About cake. Uh, at criterioncreeps.gmail.com. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnwell. Mm-hmm. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. We've got Patreon. We've got YouTube. Only fans. Next week, Spine 306. Jean-Pierre Melville's The Samurai from 1967. Is that good? You like Miladies? Like fedoras? Yeah. What about cigarettes and Cassavetti's films? Well, uh, I like those things too, but uh, I like I like to doff my cap when I walk in like a uh. gentleman, wear a suit, be a gangster, but like a lone wolf. And then, Interesting. And then like be Ryan Gosling in a members-only jacket. Ryan Gosling? Whatever, whatever the fuck. I don't know. That, remember yeah, when, it's something like remember that. Remember when everyone was wearing that, that fucking jacket of his and they were selling them? With the, with the scorpion on the back? I knew a guy who had that jacket. No? Was it you, RJ? It was not me. It was not me. Okay. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, yes, I do remember because I knew a guy who had that jacket. There you go. He was a real Le Samurai. Allegedly. Uh-huh. Allegedly. Well, we're back, baby. We're back. Oh, yes. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. Good night. Do you remember... Do you remember that one? Good night. He doesn't remember.